Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. Producer Reese here with a quick note before the start of the show. Just to make you aware that the following episode does contain some discussion of sexual assault as it relates to the themes found in Black Widow. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, the podcast that this week proves that a podcast can be recorded even if the hosts have all melted into puddles. Um, we're having a heat wave here, you guys. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are... James Hunt. And Reese Williamson. <laughs> Sorry, I was, too, I was too busy thinking. I was too busy sitting here thinking. I thought Reese said he wrote a joke for the intro. <laughs> I did. Oh, you burned me up. Straight away. Oh, wow. it's, it's in the delivery. It's not the it's not the words, it's the teller. So Joe, you absolutely fudged me you fudged me that, mate. You I wrote a good joke. You definitely you fudged it. Oh, wow. there's, a, there's a new there's a new Marvel movie out, you guys. Um it's in cinemas and it's on Disney Plus if you paid uh what was it, nineteen pounds ninety-nine in the UK? That's very yep. precise, yes. I can yeah. usually just say twenty, but fine. <laughs> no, because then it, it sounds more expensive. You tricked me. I learned that in business school. Uh, so today we will be discussing uh, Kate Shortland's 2021 movie, Black Widow. Um, and uh, we, we're going to be getting straight into that discussion, as is our one on the new release episode. Um, it's been a while, so you might have forgotten that. But what we tend to do on our, on our new release episodes is we have a spoiler-free section where we talk about the film, like, initial reactions without any spoilers. Um, And then we will uh, take a listen to the trailer, as we normally do, and that's where our spoiler-filled chat will kick off. Um, The good news is, if you are desperate for news, our next episode won't be too long. Um, We have got a Loki episode coming up. Um, We just thought we'd get to Black Widow first, because this technically... Did this, though, no, that came out the same day, didn't it, as Loki ended? No, the week before. The week before, oh, God. yeah. God, I've, I've completely lost track. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, spoilers. Uh, we're about to talk about the Marvel thing that I liked. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, guys, let's, uh, let's jump straight into it. Spoiler free, what did you think of Black Widow? I'll let Reese go first. Uh, I loved it. I've seen it twice. Um, here's the here's the weird thing that I don't know, will not be helpful in this episode. I was at work and I said, I said to someone, "Oh yeah, I loved it." And they were like, "Why?" I watched it. Uh, this person has younger kids. They they had it on. They 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 they, they premiere accessed it. They were kind of half watched it. 
And then the he sort of threw some criticisms out and then he went, why did you love it? And I just went, um, no, I, I don't, nah. So I, I think I loved it, but um, I, may, I may be not, not that sure why. <laughs> um, and maybe it's just well, Stockholm syndrome from being without one of these, without uh, one of these things for such a long time. But I really dug it. Um, I, I found it, it kind of wasn't what I expected. I was, I'd read all those reviews that said it was hilarious. And I, I kind of didn't find it that funny, actually. I found it, but I found it towards the end quite, like, quite moving, you know, as far as, as far as these things go. Um, and I, I just really loved, you know, I kind of loved the, 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 the four performances. Although I think, I think Scarlett Johansson actually, I think maybe comes off worst of the four. Um, and that's, we can, we'll talk about that, I guess. But um, yeah, I just sort of had a, re- I mean, this is a cliche, right? But I just had a real heart to it. It felt, you know, there's that long chunk in, well, no, actually that's, that'll save it for the spoil a bit, but <laughs> I just felt like uh, other ti- at times in the movie where I think other blockbusters and other Marvel films would, would cut away from a more uh, emotional kind of character led scene. This, this movie just kind of held with that stuff. Um, and you know that, that that's not true for the whole film. I'm thinking of maybe set chunks more, but yeah, just it just I just it felt like it, it it created interesting characters. It had interesting dynamics between those characters, cast well on those characters, and just had those characters kind of talk to each other about about interesting things. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's I think <laughs> I think it's just yeah, just lots of well written and and performed scenes with interesting people in them, interesting characters. Um, so, Reese, if you if you have to come down on this, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that in six months from now you're going to be sitting here saying, "I liked it, it was great," or six months from now when we've had four MCU movies released in six months, are you going to say, "No, it was Stockholm sy- sy- uh, syndrome. I just missed this shit," and actually, um, Black Widow was kind of fine, like mid to low tier MCU. I don't know. I don't know. I could. I could see it being. No, you've got to guess. Being. Uh, <laughs> um, I which... think I'm not as hot on Shang Chi as you guys are. So I mean, that's the next one, which could. If no, that, no, if, no. If no don't, I'm, not, is... I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> do you, do you think it's the Stockholm syndrome, or do you think it's this is a good movie? I think it is a good movie, but I think it's, it, it might be, it's a little. It's a li- it's a little slight, and maybe in six months, after all, a load of other bombast. And maybe more, maybe more different stuff, and other, and other film, you know, all the rest of it. Maybe I, I've forgotten that I think it's good, but I think it's good. I think it's a good movie. And if I watched it again in six months, I'd go, oh, this is a good, this is a good, this is a good Marvel movie. Let's come back uh, to that word slight. I want to revisit the word slight. But James, sure. where did you <laughs> land on Black Widow? Um, so I've watched it twice as well. The first time I watched it, I felt so unmoved by it. And I don't know if that's because my expectations were so high. I just, I was watching it going, this is a good action movie. It doesn't have the Marvel magic for me. Um, I rewatched it. I think the second time around, I was a bit less uh, down on it. But I still think it it's, falls pretty squarely in the center of like my Marvel rankings. Um, I think it's very well made. I think it, the thing for me is that it's a really good action movie of the kind that I'm normally not that bothered about. Like it felt to me like it it was trying to compete with Mission Impossible movies, for example, rather than Marvel movies. 
And on or, that level, um, great. Or, Je- or James Bond. <laughs> or James Bond, yeah. <laughs> don't, know, don't know where I've pulled that reference out from. Quite. But, you know, I my opinion of those movies is just, well, it, they're good, but they don't get me excited. And that's how I felt about Black Widow. It's good, but it didn't get me excited. Okay, I had a great time, you guys. Um, I... Um, <laughs> Immediately after watching it, I, I, I gave my MCU rankings a bit of a tidy up, and I've uh, uh, with with the Disney Plus shows, there are now twenty seven MCU, uh, <laughs> or, or what what I consider anyway canonical MCU. I have I have not ranked Daredevil, um, Cloak and Dagger, and Agents of Shield, etc. Um, Modok is on there, right? Modok is, is really yeah, top five. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really big Modok. <laughs> And my initial gut reaction was um, it, it was uh, like 13 of 27. So r- right in the middle. And like, um, and I, I like the stuff above it an awful lot. Um, and, and, you know, for, for, for context, like number 10 on my list is the Winter Soldier. Um, so I, I, I really liked it. Um, and I think the more I thought about it and I've uh, started to rewatch it, I, uh, weirdly, um, after being convinced that I would see this in the cinemas, I, um, paid for the premiere access on Disney Plus so I could watch it with my Ooh. wife because we couldn't <laughs> both leave the house and leave the baby at home. So, uh, we watched, we watched it at home and I'm like halfway through a second yeah. watch just so I wanted to kind of refamiliarize myself. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think it is a really I think it didn't lean on the things that I thought it was going to lean on um given the story it was telling I thought that it would really like play hard on like being almost like a cinematic funeral for Black Widow and I don't think it is that um I, I, I was worried about it being, you know, kind of prequely but set within the events of the MCU. And I was kind of like just refreshed by how little it cared about really setting the scene and how little it cared about like um, uh, doing all of the usual MCU bullshit. And, and like, you know, like in certain contexts, I love the MCU bullshit, but here what I felt thought was really refreshing was just to have this kind of contained story about this character and about the relationships that to this character were pivotal to her in the, in the period of her life pre when we knew her that really mattered. And I think they sold that angle within the course of the film i think they sold um i think they sold like all of the primary relationships it, it needed to um i think scully hansen's good in this movie i think it's like really well cast kind of top to bottom in that it has a supporting cast up there with like Black Panther and Captain America, the first Avenger in that I'm like, oh, all of these secondary roles are kind of really, really well done with one notable exception. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I, and and I just kind of, I liked the, I I loved the Natasha, Yelena relationship. I loved the, I, I thought they introduced Yelena really competently without it feeling like she stole the film from Natasha. And um, yeah, I just I just had a I had a, a 
a fun time with it. And, you know, when James is saying, like, yeah, the kind of, you know, action movies that he wouldn't normally care that much about, I fucking love a Mission Impossible or a James Bond, you know? So, like, <laughs> I'm, I, I am, I'm here for that stuff. And I had a lovely time. And to go, to go back to the word slight, um, I would really push back on that because I think there is, and I and I and um, I've been thinking about this in relation to um, Loki, which you know I won't yeah. won't spoil for anyone who hasn't seen that yet, and won't spoil my specific take for anyone that doesn't listen to our Patreon episodes. But um, you know, I think there is this. I think there's sometimes a sense that things need to be big or have like especially within the mcu have these like ramifications or there has to be like a, there has to be cameos and ties to this thing or that thing for it to feel significant um so you know it like it like so is infinity war a drastically better avengers movie than age of ultron now i would i personally would say no i think they're kind of right about on a level and 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 i don't think this is just an mcu thing either like um i think there's a temptation when you know like a uh, like a prestige director directs a comedy or directs something that's 95 minutes long rather than three hours long there is a suggestion that it is slight or lesser um and I don't, I don't think more is necessarily better. And I, and, and I don't think that Black Widow is slight because I think it, re- I think it replaces all of that MCU bullshit with better constructed characters. I think the dialogue's really good throughout. And like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like laugh out loud funny or like the kind of hit rate of gags that a Guardians of the Galaxy or an Iron Man three has, but. I think it's consistently, um, it's like I was chuckling and I was just like, I was having a good time with those characters all the way through. Let me just, after you've brutally shanked me in the back, (laughs) let me just, maybe I'll, maybe I'll reword clarify. I just, I'm just not sure that the, the story, that the story they tell with Natasha, the quote unquote journey she goes on, how she starts the movie, how she ends I'm just not sure that that was a particularly, you know, uh, large journey. Uh, in a, and mostly the character you... And this is a prequel problem, of course, because, you know, you've already, you've, you already know, you've already met, you, you, you've had stuff before this movie and you've had stuff after this movie with the same character and the character didn't change that much. So just just that on that bit of it, I, I think, is maybe is what I mean by slight. The, the, the story that the movie tells, forget all the MCU bullshit, all the black blockbuster bullshit, that the story with the protagonist, with Natasha, it just, the character just doesn't change that much. And maybe the counterpoint is the, the character, that, that is the character that she doesn't, she, she doesn't change that much. She's this sort of unflappable spy character. But I think, I just think maybe I wanted, I wanted a bit more of a, of a, dis, of a well, journey there. So I, I I I disagree with that as well <laughs> because God damn it, I, like, Joe. I, no, I mean I I think I have to step in and agree with Reese because my oh, yes. my problem was that the like story wise it didn't move her very far and also I thought thematically it it sort of nodded towards interesting ideas but it didn't really go deep on them um, and I think those were two of the things that left me feeling like well this was competently made but you could have done more with it. 
So I, like, I, I absolutely wanna, not I in the same in. the same league as something like Black Panther. I want to step in on James's step in to defend me and say that I actually don't defend James's opinion that he just. So I really, I did really like it. I really like the movie. I, I think that Natasha is a character who has consistently been, you know, she's very guarded. Her emotions are kept in check a lot of the time, and um, and she kind of puts up that facade. And I think that outwardly, yes, you know, you could. Because you, you could go from, um, you know, from Civil War to Infinity War and say, well, that you know, that's the that's the same character, isn't it? And I think, yeah, but broadly it is. But I think the the arc that she has here is, it's you know, it's what it, it's what has been promised with that character. It's needing to deal with the red in the ledger and the kind of internal emotional scars that she has. Um, and um, yeah, and, and, and I fe- I felt like that that was significant in you know within this two hours. I thought it was um, I don't know as much as much of a character journey as I don't know Scott L- Scott Lang goes on in either of the Iron Man movies or I, I, uh, sorry either the Ant Man movies or I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought, like there's a, there's a lot of stuff where I feel like a character has had to deal with less stuff. Um, I just think that I, there is there is the illusion that she's not gone very far because because yeah, outwardly in those other movies that we've seen, she doesn't project it. I think it definitely doesn't help that within this film it sets up these like these characters as being very important to her but then we know they never come up or get mentioned or thought of again um necessarily because you know they didn't exist when the subsequent appearances happened but it does it does suffer from being a prequel slightly in that way which is that like well we never heard about these people before we'll never hear about them again why you know why do they matter to Natasha? Um, one of the things that I was hoping for going into this movie, right, was that it would do what Joe said before and like give a bit of extra context to the end of her life. Like the, you know, the idea that it would be a sort of cinematic funeral for her was something I was really, it was an idea I was very attracted to because I was like, well, they didn't do it within the story, but now they've got this whole canvas to to really explain why she mattered to set things up for the future and you know just give her a send off and what they actually did was treat it like an origin movie like props to them it slots in so well into the into the continuity but that just makes me think they should have made it in 2016 if they were going to make this movie it should have been done then Without a doubt, right, there are maybe like five different slots where they should have made a Black Widow movie, but appraising yeah. the one that they made right now, um, I need to double back and disagree with the last three points that both of you made. I just, I uh, like, <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't even like, the one that I, you cut out because you said it was a spoiler. Even the one, even the one that you cut out because it's a spoiler, it didn't happen. Uh, so I disagree with it. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of the and and I think both of those things are things that I was worried about about the movie. I was worried that 
um, that we were going to meet all of these characters that you're going to go, oh, why didn't I hear about them? And you go, well, and when I, when when would we have heard about them? I don't know. I don't, when when would we have heard about them in the context of Infinity War and Endgame? I just don't. I don't think we would have done. And I, and I. Think... <laughs> I mean, there is that specific moment where <laughs> where they say, "Did she have any family?" And he goes, "We were her family." And it's like they later carve to them. To them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I just, I just, it didn't. It, I thought that that would be a thing that would bother me, and it didn't. And uh, the, 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 I think where it, where it functions as, um, you know, kind of the, the appropriate send off for her is basically all of the internal bullshit that she's been dealing with, all of the stuff that has driven her and that has been, you know, kind of like the source of any of her, um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm striving for? Um, angst, guilt. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Any of her angst or guilt or neuroses or, um, and we, sure. <laughs> all of those things, like all, all of those, all of those things that have driven her throughout the other movies, we get to see characters specifically deal with that shit when they get their own movies and she hasn't had that opportunity. And I and I I do feel like that this is the movie that goes with that character. Let's forget about are we gonna get a cameo from Sam Jackson here, or is there gonna be a nod to this thing here, and is that gonna tie into that? Mm. It's 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 more just right. How do we figure out the stuff that has been bothering her for so long, the stuff that has made her so reserved, the stuff that has made her put up this, um, you know, this external shield? And how do we start to chip away at that a little bit and try and, and try and understand her as an audience in the process and also give her the opportunity mm. to have these, you know, these, these cathartic moments? And I and I think it I think it nails all of that stuff. Yeah, it's the, I mean that's you you really put the put the nail on the head there. It's it's such a it's such a clean MCU movie relative because even though it's a prequel and it's it's filling in gaps and there's a bit of sort of admin to do that. As you say, it's not it isn't you know the you know ever more it feels like these projects are get so loaded up with all future projects and this one I just I didn't have that feel to it. Even though perhaps that's there subtly in the background, right? Is is setting up things. It, it, it well, to your point, I, it, it does feel really about what it's about. You know, trying to tell a satisfying single story about about a single character. Um, and I think and, what they, and the other brittle stuff just serves that really. Even if it, even if Elena might pop up in the future, right? It didn't feel well, like she it. was being created in this movie to exist outside of this movie. It felt like she was built to serve what she does in this film. I think that's the benefit they have that they don't have to do all of this setup left, right, and center, or do all of this MCU stuff left, right, and center because that's what they're doing, right? They're getting you to invest in that character, so when she shows back up in future, she is going to be, you know, the new Black Widow within the MCU. But give her the amount of screen time and emphasis that makes her firmly the, you know, the supporting character in this movie. Um, who is you know at the at the very start of her emotional arc? She's at she's at the start of mm. a journey. Um, even though she is you know 
she has this similar history to Natasha. And so I think, you know, that the the fact that the entire movie is serving as this launching pad for a, a new, I think, you know, pivotal character in the MCU allows them to just then tell the story without needing to worry too much about that stuff. And, and yeah, even the other I mean, two, even even Melina and and David Harbour, I forget. You know, if you, I, I, we probably will see them again, right? Surely, but but yeah. but they have, nothing's announced, and they don't necessarily slot in anywhere. And if you never if you never saw them again, you would still feel like this movie did them did them right. You know, yeah, like Whereas, like Stanley Tucci that, in the first Avenger, right? Yes, or, or I think of, I think of Wonder, I think the almost the polar opposite of this is Monica Rambeau in Wandavision, where mm. that whole the, her whole thing in that show just it just felt purely designed. For the future, and and she did not have. Yeah, she that was a very unsatisfying story that they told with her in that show. And it, but they had to give her powers and set her up with these other characters. Whereas again, Harbour and uh, Rachel Weisz in this complete the opposite of that. And I think that's what I'm embracing as well. Is as you know, as much as I loved One Division, having a show there that you know felt like it was this character is here because you've met them before. That is why this character is in this show, because you've met them before. And this character is here because we need to set them up to do something in the future. Whereas, yeah, but, but Black Widow didn't, they didn't, it didn't feel burdened by any of that stuff. And I just, you know, I, I love that basically they, they go, there's like one five minute scene at the start that basically goes, this is happening after the events of Captain America, uh, Captain America Civil War. We're not going to explicitly say that. We're not going to handhold your way through it because ultimately, if you if you don't know that, it doesn't really matter that much. It's it's a Black Widow mm-hmm. movie, and and normally I feel like you know I w- I would have had four title cards at different times telling me that this was this was twenty years ago and then this is five <laughs> years ago and I, yeah I mm-hmm. don't well and maybe that's tricky for the MCU now because how many years ago is it I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I mean, you know, that's, if we go into details, that's for the post trailer section. But yeah. for me, sometimes with movies, if, if you're really in it after about 15 minutes, if you're really like, oh, I really want to know what happens next. I kind of know that I'm basically, I'm going to like that film, you know? And for me, yeah, that, that opening chunk into those, into the amazing, uh, the, the, the opening credits, I, I, again, I just thought were really top tier. I just thought, oh, I really, I just really am engaging this, uh, and that that kind of there were dips, sure, and but that basically yeah. stayed true throughout. Uh, and that, yeah, I think the opening is really good, and, but but you know, we can talk about that in detail. Uh, yeah. Um, after. And I think I think what's interesting about this is that fundamentally, I agree with everything you've said. It's just that you I didn't think feel it. I didn't. I didn't like it as much as you liked it. I think is the difference. And I've got I think to say, also, I didn't. I didn't think it was perfect. I, you know, it, 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 it's gonna be. You know, it might hover around. It might jump up a couple of spots from thirteen to maybe I don't know, ten nine, uh, because I have really. You know, it's grown on me since I saw it. But it's not perfect. There is. There, there is still some of the like. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Now we're into. MCU paint by numbers for five ten minutes, or this this is a bit silly, or you know it's it's not it's not a perfect blockbuster. And for example, you know I wouldn't hold it up there with like a Mission Impossible Fallout, <laughs> you know, as a as as an example, or or a Casino Royale. That's news fest. <laughs> what is wrong with you, James? <laughs> <laughs> 
you didn't see Tom Cruise like there's, there's in London these podcast. past week, just just hanging out, hanging out with all our favourite sports stars and being on TV. Hey, there's, he was uh, he was in Milton Keynes a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't care then. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are broken inside, and your your brain is fundamentally broken. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got something shall we get onto the shall we get onto the spoiler section yes absolutely let's take a listen to the trailer for the movie guys if you've if you um haven't seen it yet go to your cinema go go to disney plus however you want to watch it watch it now Come back, listen to us talk about it. If you don't care about getting spoiled, just come back and listen to us talk about it anyway. Uh, so yeah, here's the trailer, and we'll be back with you in I don't know, like two minutes. I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband, he renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're gonna wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. <laughs> Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. His call signs Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated, fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there? enough we have to go back to where it all started so they never do that to anyone again we're a family we fight with you you won't win i've always found it best not to look into the past Okay, you got a plan or shall I just stay duck and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. At some point, we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. I made my choice. I'm done running. Here's what's gonna happen. Natasha, don't slouch. I'm not slouching. You're going to get a back hunch. Mm, listen to your mother. Oh my god, this up, up, All right, enough. All of you. You didn't say anything. That's not fair. Okay, so this is our spoiler-filled discussion of Black Widow. And normally I think we would go like, we go, right, okay, so here's the spoilery thing that we need to talk about. I don't think there is a, and again, this is what I think I kind of like about this movie. I don't think there is like a big spoilery thing. I guess the thing that we were speculating about before the movie was... Taskmaster. Taskmaster. But, you know, um, that was something that in our speculation of it, we were like, all right, well, who who will it be? Um, I don't know about you guys, especially... When I was watching the movie and Taskmaster turned up, I was like, 
Okay, well, I, I hope it's not a robot. That would be, it'd be boring if it was just a robot. And then, um, literally the moment that Florence Pugh said, and what about, uh, what about Dracov's daughter? I was like, oh, okay. So Dracov's daughter yeah, right. is the Taskmaster. <laughs> but lit- literally I... that, that very moment, I was, I tell and because we were watching it in the comfort of our own home, I was able to turn to my wife, my wife, and say, it's, it's, his, his, his daughter is, is Taskmaster to which she said I... who, who is Taskmaster and I went you know you know that you know the robot oh, yeah. androidy kind of villain fit well I don't think that's a robot I think that's the I think that's the do- I don't think she really blew that's up. interesting but she'll be all scarred like... and stuff and she'll be in there and, and Laura went okay I, at no point did I ever imagine that Taskmaster was a robot which is interesting I did at one point think oh maybe it's not maybe it's not Dracov's daughter maybe it's their mother who's in there but there again there is that one moment, isn't there, where where there is there seems to be this sense of is there a bit of mystery around the mother's identity? Um, yeah. But again, I liked I liked how quickly it kind of ushered away that possibility because um, all of all of the stuff in this movie it isn't about mystery and intrigue. It's about what does this mm-hmm. specific thing mean to Natasha? And mm-hmm. that's why that's why I really liked the the Taskmaster reveal. Um, because you know, it's, it's literally, you know, what let's, let's put her face to face with the thing that is like the biggest black mark, the biggest, the biggest, you know, the biggest red line in the ledger. Let's, let's make her confront it, deal with this thing that she did, that she, she, you know, that she doesn't even like to talk about and look at how she's grown as a person, um, between then and now. To, you know, to, 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 to literally be like the fight at the end of the movie, which again, I find, uh, or the fights once she knows that it's Dracov's daughter, um, that her entire thing is, well, I'm not going to kill this person. That's not a thing I'm going to do. Just the same with the, the, same s- with the, the same with the other widows. I loved all of that. As you've, as you've said Dracov's daughter a few times, I'm now realising, and this is, again, I watched this twice, and so I guess I'm a dumbass <laughs> or not. That's referenced by Loki in Avengers. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it's his it's his list of things that yeah. she has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do, can I ask you this? Well, okay. Two questions. Do you do you think that 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 Dracov's daughter is is the is the biggest red in in Natasha's ledger yes. in this movie? And do you think do you think the movie sells you on that? Because I think for me. Yes. Yeah, I think maybe the latter for me, I'm not, sh- I'm, I'm not sure I agree with. And that's, again, that goes back to part of that perhaps unsatisfaction I have with, with her core story. And that I think if it's a movie, yeah, if it's a movie where I really feel that Natasha Romanov deals with the, 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 the worst thing she's ever done and sort of settles that by the end of the movie, that's, that's one non-slight story. But maybe I just didn't quite feel that enough. I, I was um, on the same page as you there, Reese. I because like even when Loki reels off that list of stuff, like Dracov's daughter is just one of like four or five things. Yeah, but it's I think I think they deal with that and they deal with Budapest in this one. Budapest. But Budapest. Budapest. Quite. Budapest. Um, Budapest. Budapest. Hmm. But I, you know, I don't get the sense from this movie that it's the thing, the one thing that has been weighing on her most out of everything. Right. right. Here's like, here's here's why it's the oh. thing. It's mm. the thing that she, it's the thing that she does 
after she's essentially escaped the Widow program. So she's done all of this horrible shit while she was a a Black Widow, where she had been, as, you know, as Yelena explains, like, yes, you were coerced, and yes, you were kind of, you know, borderline brainwashed, um, but you weren't mind-controlled. So, you know, she's done all of this shit that she's like, look, I got... I, I, I didn't have much choice but to do this stuff, but I still did it, and I feel bad about it, and that's all the other stuff on the list. But killing Drakov's daughter was, like, the last thing that she did. Well, killing Drakov and being happy to have the collateral damage of his daughter was the last thing that she did to kind of be taken in by S.H.I.E.L.D. and to escape that life. And she says, that's why I did it. I did it to escape this life. So it was a purely selfish thing that she did. Not because she was a black widow, because she wanted to be free and she was willing to sacrifice the life of a child as collateral damage because she wanted to be free. And that's why it's the big thing. I agree that it's that narratively is why it's, you know, important for her in this movie. It doesn't feel to me like it's it sells me on uh, yeah, 100%. this being something huge that she's never gotten past. It's just the thing that she has been immediately confronted by as a result of what's happening now. Well, so I think it's the it's the like it's the event that is the personification of the stuff that she can't get past. So the the stuff that she th- that she feels terrible about and the stuff that she has to reconcile in this movie is not I was a black widow and I did some terrible shit. It's I left this life behind and I didn't look back and um, and I've been intentionally suppressing this shit because I don't, I don't want to have to deal with it. And the, the other side of that is, you know, she doesn't feel bad because she had a family. She feels bad because she had a family and she never gave them a second thought, or she did, or she never had the she never had the courage to reach out. And all of that is because she was being selfish and didn't want to sacrifice the life and the freedom that she'd got. And so I, I thought that this was, and and you know that that none of that is clean either. That yeah, there is there is some, you know, it's understandable that she would want to escape. It's understandable that she'd want to kill Drakov. It's understandable that she wouldn't want to get dragged back into that, and it would be easy easier for her to just assume he's dead, um, and my and my family are fine, and the, the just, all all of the widows got away. I I wanted I. I you know, call me a, a dumbass. I think I just wanted a bit more handholding on on all that stuff. I think you, wh- how you've just articulated it there, I'm not even sure quite uh, that I quite thought about it when I was watching it both times. And and that's that, you know that's arguably that's the strength of the film, and that's like you know great filmmakers and great films are often uh, they you lean into you sort of have to lean the, the filmmaker kind of makes you lean into them and then you kind of get to interpret or experience the movie in a quite a personal way and I think I think actually you there's an argument that this movie is is more it's definitely more that end of things than MCU stuff in general but but I think for me it comes down to it comes down to how performance is so it, it's it's kind of good and it's subtle and it's nuanced but I, I just wanted I, I would have liked at time, you know, in a way that I think maybe the other three actually go a bit bigger than 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 um, Johansson does. I almost just wanted her just to just to give me a slightly some slightly bigger m- moments to to yeah, just to kind of really make me feel the stuff you are describing that you felt that I should feel. But you, and I think you, that the way she did yeah, the, no, the, I, the I performance agree doesn't completely. sell me on it. 
I agree completely. I think I think that stuff is in the film, but it's not very well articulated. Like you have to really dig to to get that stuff. And you, maybe you... maybe that's a point in favor because it's subtle. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's a Marvel movie, it's an action movie, make it less subtle. Do you think it would have been true to Natasha to have this big moment of emotional yeah, well, catharsis where she where she says yeah. out loud exactly how she's feeling? Like I yeah, thought no. I thought was I thought was what was really sweet about the final moments of um of of, of the the big dumb action piece at the end where they're falling mm-hmm. through the sky, but like uh, <laughs> that that her decision at the end is, um, look at what I am now giving all of you is your freedom. Like as much as I would like you back in my life, as much as I would have this family around me that I've longed for for all these years, who I. No, I did wrong by the way to do right by you is to let you guys go and to and, and to like uh, fight so hard for Dracov's daughter to to not die. And I just I liked I liked all of that stuff at the end that it was her just quietly going around about her business in a very unselfish way that dealt with that stuff that had been set up earlier in the movie. Yeah, maybe that's that's what I meant by by slight. Like she, she's a she's a again, it's probably the wrong word to use, but she, she is a reserved character, and and they do she's justice very to her. Interior. Very interior, and they do and they do justice to that that honest version of the character in this film. But also, they they've chosen to make this film and chosen to make you know to have her be the protagonist in a film. And I think it's that is quite a classic film sort of filmmaking uh, conundrum, right? You've got a movie. Your main character is is your is your main character, but they are interior and reserved. So, so there's there's your there's the problem as a filmmaker. And and do I like that they do I like that they didn't all of a sudden have her you know have her be a completely different character? Yes, that was probably the right choice. Do I think that you know that is there is there just a missing something there about how to get me to, to how to get me emotionally to the place that. That that you're describing that that she gets to, I I wonder, I do wonder, I wonder, and perhaps a more, you know, a more stylistic director can do that, right? Because they can they can take a performance that's reserved and interior, but through the filmmaking, through the kind of the editing, right, the, the choice of music or the choice of angles, all of it, they can they get you to feel the way the character feels without having the performance uh, kind of give that give that away. Uh, I don't know. I. And I, I apologise because I know that I am talking so much on this podcast. But every time you say something, I'm like, "But I, th- but I think that is there." And I think, <laughs> I, I think, I, I think they do all of that with Yelena. They give Yelena the emotional beats because here is a character who's still able to embrace them. She's able to have this. She's feeling free for the first time. She's excited about what her life can be and 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 what she can embrace. And she still has shit that she has to deal with. She still has to live with the guilt of all of the stuff that she did and you know have the weight of being sterilized or um or or, you know show the flip side of that relationship where she feels so hurt by the way she was abandoned by Natasha and then she gets the emotional moment where she rekindles some of that relationship with the family when they're singing American Pie and I and you're completely right yeah I think that makes the movie that's where they feed you, know, you it. 
Yeah, but it, but then I I I I agree that Yelena what you said earlier that Yelena doesn't steal the movie, but boy does she come really close to it because she <laughs> she's she's the new shiny thing. Mm-hmm. She you know uh, she's she's basically as as good if not maybe a hair better in those action sequences than um, Scarlett Johansson is. You know she's fantastic. She's really fantastic in those. Uh, so but she's new, so you're interested in her. She gets all the big emotional stuff. She, you know, in your in the back of your head as an MCU watcher, you, you're aware that Natasha won't continue in this larger franchise, but she will. She, yeah, she comes. She come, I think. I think how close she comes to stealing the film uh, is at the detriment of of uh, of Natasha and of Johansson and of of a, of something else they want to do with you know with that with 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 that character. So, so I, I totally agree with you, but that's that's you're you're making my point for me, sir. I have to say, uh, you've, you've, come so, right in, you've come in right into my trap. Well, let me catch you in your own words. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 what was slight at the if if what you were describing as slight at the start was Natasha's arc, you like like look at Natasha's emotional arc and the complexity of it in this movie compared to Yelena. Yelena doesn't. Ha- she's. She really is just like. Here is they. Here is the start of a character who doesn't. Who doesn't spend any time in this movie processing or getting over stuff. She just has the. She. She is hurt and has this moment of. I, I, I've got my family back. This is all I've ever wanted. I've got my family back. But she doesn't. She doesn't have a complex or like. Um, or really. You know, uh, you know, loads of emotional ups and downs. It's just, it, it's, it's pretty much here is a character having these, you know, couple of base raw emotions, but they're in, they're in service to Natasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tricky. I mean, yeah, you know. I, I still think you're, you're imbuing the character with more than is in the performance, because like which I. Uh, Natasha, sorry, because I think part of the part of the problem is I don't feel like I watched her deal with, like, for mm. example, the guilt of killing uh, Dracov's daughter because I didn't mm-hmm. see her process that emotion. What I saw was her, you know, acting in ways that were different from you know fifteen years ago or whatever it was. Mm. But. <sighs> if you're not going on the journey with the character because she's so guarded and interior, mm-hmm. how can, how can you be sure that's actually happening? Do you see what I mean? Like, so I, I, think, I agree I that it's in the text. A, I think that's just a uh, fundamental difference in how we viewed Scarlett Johansson's performance then. Cause I think that's and, the well, shit and that not she just does the, in her sleep. Yeah. I just, I didn't, I didn't see any of it on the screen. If it, if it was going to be there, I wanted to see it. <laughs> I think it's. I don't want to have to come out of the movie and think, "Oh, that's what was happening in that scene." And, and, me, and I don't the get way to see that it, she... I, I want to feel it, and I didn't. Well, that's feel so, it. so that's. And I, you know, yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't see or feel it, and yeah. which makes me think, was it even there? Mm. And I believe you because you're articulating it very well. But the fact I... that I'm learning this stuff after the fact <laughs> seems to me to be a problem with the film <laughs> rather than uh, the audience. I think mm. for me the the. Uh, this the Scarlett Hansen's performance as Natasha, where she really unlocked it, is that scene with Loki in the Avengers, right? And mm-hmm. 
that sense of here is a character who can be experiencing two wildly conflicting emotions at once and also has some some degree of control over which one of them she um, projects at any one time. And I think Scarlett Johansson is a, a, a very good actor and I think mm-hmm. she... Um, I think she's done that, you know, when I think about like her performance in Under the Skin, I think that, you know, that's that's exactly there as well. She she is a character who is uh, mostly wordless and mostly expressionless, but you get such incredible depth of feeling from her in the third act of that movie. Um, that's like, I, I think like properly profound. And I think she's, you know, I think she's been good a lot of times. And for me, that's what, is that's what is there with the Black Widow character, which is what is on the surface isn't necessarily always what she's feeling. And I I, I felt like I went on that journey with her in this movie. And, you know, it, it, that's fine. It's obvi- obviously the, the, the success of that was more for me than it was for you guys. And it would be interesting where our audience sat on it as well. Um but you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. I it works really well for me. Well, what's what's also interesting is that you know, I think me and James are on the exact same page on that. But I really like the movie, and James didn't. So, so I've 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 then found <laughs> lots of other stuff to really to really engage with. Uh, I just think it's just it's just not really her and her story and her performance, which I know it sounds wild. Wait, Reese, you really you really liked a Black Widow film without really liking all the Black Widow stuff, but I, I think, I, yeah, I think I kind of did. Uh, but the, that's a bit disingenuous because also, you know, you really, you, you know, t- t- you're in, one's engaged also with the scenes between her and the other characters. It's not like, it, I I'm mean, not just closing my eyes when she's on screen, but I just, I fundamentally, I, we, I'm with James. I just didn't really, I just didn't connect with her to her story. One of the, one of the concerns <laughs> I had coming out of the film the first time was like having watched the whole thing. I was like, I was kind of going, it's a bit weird to to make a film called Black Widow with two Black Widows, and the person you're coming out of the cinema going thinking about is David Harbour, because his performance was so much fun, yeah. and that character was so much more interesting than the others. And I was just no, like, I, I want to no, see, no, no. I want to see that guy again <laughs> because he is a good time, and the others just faded into the background, like three Black Widows even. And he's the one who stands out. I think he was my least favourite of the four, and I thought he was great. I thought he was my... Uh, I really liked him, but wouldn't have him as a standout, but really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. well, how do you want I to... Just, sh- sh- I felt like he had a lot of charisma that the others paled in comparison to oh, like they yeah, every, every performance was good but every no. time he was on screen i was like this guy's on screen i was very happy uh yeah no i don't, yeah. I don't agree with that I, I can't i can't stand by that at all <laughs> he's great but but also he's I kind think... of he's got he's almost got the easiest he's basically got the oh easiest yeah because yeah, he's the comic do, relief right? yeah he's the comic yes. relief right but and he's got the superpowers, so he's got that. He's he's the he's the main of the group, so you can both be that, but also play with that, which the movie does. Uh, he's got the sort of star persona thing of you know, in some ways, he is 
you know, he's a new enough movie. Um, he's not. A movie yeah, star, he's David Harbour. You love. He's the only exactly. good thing about Stranger Things. Exactly. So he can then play with that. The movie can play with that. Uh, he's got no baggage <laughs> from with the, the rest of the MCU. He's got. He's got. He's got. He must have. That script must have come onto his agent's desk, and it comes to him, and he goes, "Oh hell yeah! I, yeah, I get to be this in this. Absolutely. Of what's course. What's funny is he he may be potentially the lowest wattage star." but also the person who's probably going to be most familiar to an MCU audience, <laughs> to, a, to a broad yeah, MCU yeah, audience, yeah, you know? Like, yeah, I'll buy yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's, he's like surrounded by Oscar nominees, but dude is in Stranger Things. And also, yeah, I agree, he's, he, he's good in Stranger <laughs> that Things. That dude was Yeah, what was he? <laughs> Nobody saw that movie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I didn't see it. You, do, you guys didn't see it? Did you do a Hellboy episode? No, no, no. So I think what we've established is that different performances may vary in enjoyment of different people. <laughs> but broadly, yes. broadly, we're all vaguely positive on all of the things, but just to different measures. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would like to go chronologically because I would like to go right back to that um, to that fifteen minute opening sequence mm. um, and and opening credit sequence. Um, mm which I think really set the tone for me that I thought, ooh, I think I'm going to be here for this movie. Mm-hmm. I like, <laughs> like, you know, this is, this is not an Ant-Man, let's do, let's do a two minute scene. And there's a cameo from a de-aged um, Hayley Atwell. And there's a, and, the, and we're referencing shield and this, and it's, and then boom, we go back at, you know, and we start the movie. This is, no, we want to. We want to spend time establishing these characters, their relationship. We want to see oh, how so they good. interact oh. to each other. We want to spend enough time with them that they mean something to each other. And then, um, what was the what was the movie we did recently on the podcast? Was it? It was Catwoman, wasn't it? Where the opening credit sequence yeah, is movie. basically like maps jumping around, and then every so often there's a picture of a of a cat. And then here, <laughs> it is, it's kind of like that, but with Ray Winston's face. <laughs> um, but also, i got to say, I, like, normally I hate that kind of, like, slowed down hit with a creepy, you know, it's sort of like a... Yeah, normally you hate it, and in this film you are correct to continue hating it. No, it's no, so I, good! I, I what thought, the I, fuck I, was that about? That's I didn't. So I didn't. So, yeah. I don't. I'm not going to listen to that track on my own at home. But I really. I thought it I really have. set. I thought it set <laughs> a very nice haunting tone over the. Over I that credit just sequence. wonder why. Why the choice of that song? What on earth has it got to do with anything? I thought to take a no. to take a song and a recording and performance that iconic and stick a stick a like. Hello, twee advertising hello, version of it hello, at the start of your Black Widow yeah. movie was <laughs> such a bad idea. I should have hated it, but I didn't. <laughs> I did hate it. You should have hated it and would have been correct to. I think, I I think, think the, di- the difference I also is James, I mean, the your, sequence itself. I think, James, you're, you're significantly older than me and Joe. Much, much, much older. So, <laughs> so what? So that, that's, a, <laughs> that's a joke I loved. I keep making it. It's funny. That, um, he, he listens. He's not, he's, he's like a couple of years old. Um, but that's, I, but I actually, I, I honestly do think, well, maybe Joe, I think that probably is a factor. Yeah. That song, basically you have a muscle memory of that song in a way that me and Joe, well, that I sort slightly don't. It just, it's, it's, it's like a couple of years. The, before my the time thing is, right. 
Um, it but is, so I just have a cultural an, memory of it, and then that song comes yeah, along, and it's it the, song, the, cultural, the song slaps. <laughs> it's the cultural anthem of Generation X. What is it right. doing in this movie? It's a great song, and it's a gourd, and it's a. And it it's references guns. Is the nearest I got for it. Mm, it's a tonal no, it, thing. It's a, the way it makes you it's, that song. It makes you feel a certain way, and it, that's why it was a hit. That's why it was such a. Uh, a generation defining that song, song such a powerful song this recording uh, doesn't the, yeah, yeah I disagree that i i felt i felt the melancholy yeah but also the kind of you know it's that i think it's a, i think it's a harrowing sequence you know all that kind of all the found footage-esque shots of the you know because also they, think, they, are, they are i think that's they're, crucial they're, I think not, the... they're not teens they're like they're like they're like young girls they're like they're like 12 13 and you get shot after shot and uh, intercut with ray winston meeting politicians and i i you know I, so that just sells you so so clearly yeah, on I, I think the th- horror the horror of this without uh, what and really the helps movie, is doesn't really the, sp- go into the details the, but you just feel it the me. sequence itself is i think the the actual credit sequence devoid of the music is is i think really strong um yeah agreed Completely and then agreed. I, and then james i think the impulse for smells like teen spirit is not it's a gen x anthem it's if we slow this down and give it the kind of haunting tone that we want and you actually linger over some of these lyrics some of them feel appropriate to what we're showing on screen mm. and they, you know mm. it's not like it's not like smells like teen spirit a song the song you would think that would fit but then you know you sit and look at the lyrics and you're like yeah okay and when you're listening to them play over you're like yeah I'm at the worst at what I do best, and for this gift, I feel blessed. Right? Okay. Our little group has always been and always will until the end. Yeah. Okay. There's there is there's thematically relevant stuff in that song. Now, it smells I like don't, teen spirit. I don't <laughs> think the title. I don't remember any mulattoes, albinos, mosquitoes. Uh, I had libido <laughs> watching, um, but <laughs> you know, um, I I. I understand the impulse. I can understand why you, um, why you, an old man, would be angry. <laughs> I, do, I don't want to come off. I don't want to come off as some like rock purist. I just think if you're if you're taking a song that iconic, really think about why you're doing it and try and recognize like. No, I think they did. The juxtaposition. That's right. No, the like like I say the the context of like fifty million adverts for the past ten years taking punk music and grunge music and doing slow down piano covers and you know selling you a fucking car or something like that's Maybe the, this... that is the context of that version someone, i think someone we, 15 we can look, years we can younger look. than james in 15 <laughs> years time is gonna be watching a marvel movie and getting so angry that they've done this really angsty version of crazy in love over the title Ooh. sequence like do you not realize how <laughs> iconic this song was for our generation this Imagine Dragons song meant the world to me, and you it's, just it's bust it like, by slowing it down. It's more like doing a vision of America. This is America, right? It's more like what? that. Yeah, not quite. I don't know. Let's, is there a parallel? Uh, I don't think there's a parallel. Let's. I, I, I might have a. I might have a, a gentle salve to this uh, fiery debate, which I think. I think <laughs> that me and Joe, we're on. We are on board. Going. I think if that if that credit sequence played with that song straight straight off straight into that, uh, I, I would think I'd feel the same way as you, James. But but for me, I'm sold on the movie by the pre by the kind of young family chunk. 
So, so therefore, yes, I, I mean, yes. but I, my guess is that James, my guess is that you just sort of aren't, and so then the credits bit comes. And no, you're, you're not. I, you're not. You're I not was in. happy enough. I was happy with that intro. It, you know, set up the context for the film. It was just the the song itself. I was like, mm, not sure this James, is working for if me. If that if that song was playing over an Audi advert, I would I would agree <laughs> with you until it until <laughs> it's a fuck off. I don't want it. If it comes on on Spotify, I'm not. You look in the rear view of your Audi and you'd be yeah. like, fuck off. <laughs> oh no! I <laughs> brought the car now. <laughs> That's how marketing works. I, I, um, I, was, I was trying to use that as a segue to talk about. Uh, maybe we, maybe you guys didn't. Yes, know, no, yeah, no, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The opening oh, sequence wait, is aim. great. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I loved David Harbour's floppy hair. Um, <laughs> I loved the vibe of those two girls. Not wild about. Um, I thought the performance of young Natasha was great. Wasn't wild when I heard that that was Mila Jovovich's daughter. What? Uh, which no. yeah, which after you've heard it, you can oh, see it. Uh, okay. But I just fucking hate that Hollywood nepotism bullshit. And I wish, <laughs> wow. I, wish it, I wish it wasn't. But um, but yeah, but she, she, I, I mean, I liked, she, I liked, she is good. So <laughs> little things like I liked, I liked you know that she had dyed hair. I mean, and maybe that's yeah. Now, now I know it's Mila, Mila Jovic's daughter. Maybe that's just what her hair is. But that was just very subtle. <laughs> Again, it's not. It's not like I think a lesser movie, a lesser prequel would be like. Oh, and Natasha, you always dye your hair different colours. Like it didn't, you know, it wasn't going to do that. It was going to show you the, hmm. that she maybe, you know, likes to change her appearance, right? Which we know, and change her hair, which we know the character does. Um, well, I like also, the, the, the relationship also, between. Sorry, Reese, on the, on, on yeah. the ha- don't move off from the hair. The hair, I think, is really important. <laughs> also, I think I, I think there's some really good screenwriting here, and I think there's some really good informative character stuff. Natasha has already been through the Red Room. Yelena hasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Natasha knows what's going on. Yelena doesn't. And, you know, I, I think um, it very much helps to have some kind of cultural knowledge of the Americans going into this because I could very quickly mm. go, oh, that's the setup here. Okay, there are there are fake family living in America. Uh, because, you know, I, you, could, you could be watching the opening scene going, oh, are they... So what? What did she? Did she have a real mum and dad? And so what's? Uh, and is that a real sister? What's going on? Like, oh, okay, no, so right. It's, like it's, it's, they, they, it's an American never style really, setup. Yeah, but they, they never, they never quite. What I like is that you, you yeah, still, they don't handhold you through the it. audience. The audience has to kind of get there with that stuff. They never yes. go, oh, but we are a fake family and we are not related by blood, and actually we are Russian spies. You just the movie is confident <laughs> enough to, to to show you that that chunk and to have you get there yourself. Do you think, do you think anyone is watching that opening sequence and not immediately thinking that? Cause we all were, and I've never seen the Americans. Like I just yeah, know mo- about the but, concept, but, right? But yeah. movies, movies are bad at that. Movies are bad at like, Assuming oh, the, notes, yeah, the notes have yeah. come back from the, the test, the test audience. And it says you need to, you know, say every single plot point out loud so that the users aren't confused. You need so to like, okay, spell out you... that these that these characters are not actually related. Yes, Can you make that exactly. very clear in the opening sequence? Show, show someone... us show us their birth certificates on screen, and they have different <laughs> surnames, and they are born in different cities. Like, the, or you or, know, can, or you know, good. as they're in as they're in the car, can David Harbour start to explain? Okay, I've never told you girls this, but actually, uh, I'm a Russian spy, and and um, you're Russian too. And we're, we're going back to, like, you know, um, and, and to, to go back to the dyed hair, I thought that that was just a very, a very nice bit of shorthand for here is a character who is slightly rebelling against her situation. Mm. Here is a character that is also maybe 
enjoying and taking advantage of this freedom that she's getting because she is old enough and mature enough to understand that this isn't mm-hmm. forever. And so she is going through this period of life going, I I just need to, <laughs> I just need to like kind of enjoy this whilst also having that teenage angst of knowing uh, that this shit that this isn't my real family and this is not going to last forever and mm-hmm. i thought yeah that, i thought that there was a, a lot that was very that was that was very neatly done with that haircut and the way she dressed and the way she acted i, I thought it's it was very, it's I a lot of show, really it's good lot of show not tell it's a lot of show yeah, not yeah. tell and that's that's just good filmmaking and another thing on that i, li- I like that i like when david harbour flips the thing and they don't even really go you know it's it's funny after after watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which it almost felt like for about 15 hours, we were told about like, who has the vials? <laughs> What's the science? Who's gotten injected? The, these the vials have now been exploded. And this was like, oh, this guy has powers. He's probably related. To, he's the Russian Captain America. Yeah. You know, that's it. We don't, need to, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I, really like, I really like that. I really like that. Um, yeah, and... and... <laughs> And I think that there is just there is that that entire sequence has this just real um, lightness of touch to it, this trust yeah. in the audience, and this really mm-hmm. nice. It doesn't feel like we're rushing, like even the way that when David Harbour gets back to the house and he kind of walks in and does the you yeah. know like back down, and I'm just going okay. Now we're gonna have and this, and I think there's so much that's coded in that opening sequence as well that when those characters do get back together later in the movie, and when they do kind of have to, you know, re-air all of this stuff, and that here are a bunch of characters that have that none of them really know what it meant to the others and none of them and and also you get the sense that they've been lying to themselves as well like there's 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 so much bravado and bullshit around alexi around the red mm-hmm. guardian with where you know the the moment we meet him he is telling you know his greatest his <laughs> greatest story is an obvious lie, and so and you get the sense that when he re meets Natasha and Elena, that he's still in that mode of no, I, I was not your father, I was Red Guardian, and you know the and 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 that he kind of needs to get chiselled away at, and there's so much of that 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 opening sequence gives us enough of an insight into. What that what those people did mean to each other at that point in their life, which was as we find out for all of them basically the only period of their life where they had any kind of freedom outside of what was you know uh, outside of Drakov's control. Um, yeah, but and- let's see. You know, he he, tur- he he does turn those two girls over to. Like I, I remember thinking it was really shocking when the needle yeah. again, just from a film, the way that the kind of the needles going into their necks was 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 shot, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was intentionally, yeah, it was shocking. It was kind of shocking, and he had just he just facilitated that. And there's uh, there's a very subtle look he gives once once they sort of passed out, and he turns back to Drakov, and it's it's like it was an act, it sort of was an act, like he he's still. Uh, you know, I, he's an arse, he's sort of an arsehole. Well, I see, what, what, I got from, kind of what I got from that moment was more like he would have preferred that didn't happen, but also he mm-hmm. was aware he didn't really have a choice. Yes, not, but, not that he had facilitated it, more that he was like, well, I can't fight this on my own. 
And also, but maybe I don't want to. And 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 I completely agree with that. And I think that that you know, when they do get back together as a as a family unit, it it did mean different amounts to each of them. It did like that, and it, the the different relationships meant more. Like to y- Yelena's relationship to all of them is you know is is probably more powerful than it's reciprocated because she was a little girl who just had this mm. family around her that she idolized and they were her family and it felt real mm-hmm. whereas Alexi had a mission that was important before they came along they came along and i th- i think that there's just enough in that opening sequence to show that hey there was something there there wasn't it wasn't nothing to him and I, and I think yeah. that that, get, that gives you enough to hold on to with that character as you progress through the film. And it's and, and, and I think that, you know, with Melina then, how it really works with that character is um, you are so utterly convinced that she does really care for those girls from the opening sequence that when they do the twist in the middle of the movie and we get the, oh shit, is she a villain who is still alive to Drake of, it feels gut-wrenching. And I bought it. Mm. I, I, I really did buy it. And then uh, and then the the twist back is mm-hmm. is a relief and also it feels emotionally true. So I I, I, I really liked that yeah. as well. And Rachel Weiss as, as well is so good at is so, yes. is so good at that duality. She's just in you know she's 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 the casting is amazing for that, right? Where she can play such warmth but also such brittleness and you you kind of not sure you're not sure the truth that yeah that was that's it's great casting the casting is then used wonderfully in the movie and as you say it's all but it all feels so emotionally true yeah yeah and this and this weird quirkiness as well with the pigs and the the sense that she has been in her own kind of like enforced isolation for so long that that when her and David Harbour do come back into their orbit, in, into each other's orbit, they are they are kind of changed enough that whatever was there, whatever might have been there at some point, which you know, again, you feel like in that first in that opening sequence, there is affection in that relationship. Like they, she says, "I don't want to go," and you get the sense that he doesn't either, mm. even if he does want to be the Red Guardian again. Um, but then when they when they meet back up later in the movie, there's just enough that's weird about both of them that you're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe these two kids have a future. I just, I think, I actually think that middle chunk when they are together on the farm, the four of them, that is one of my favourite bits of, of any Marvel film. Actually, I'll go and say it. I just, I, it's just, it's just really wonderful film. You know, it's really wonderful storytelling, really simple like character work. It resonates, funny, uh, emotional, mm. uh, charming, interesting. I just, I just think it's so good, and and that's what I was in the in the spoiler free bit when I I thought a lesser Marvel film, maybe a lesser Marvel director or a less confident one, or, or maybe Feige just fucking just knows knows what's good and knows what's bad. But you know, I, it felt it just kind of kept on going. It surprised me, like oh, we're, well, oh, we're getting more of this. I'm so into it, but we're getting just more and more and more of, of this stuff, and I, I really loved it. And I think what where I would draw a direct comparison to another Marvel movie is Age of Ultron. Um, Age of Ultron, yeah. Which yeah, and the pause <laughs> pauses in the middle. Yeah, on a yeah. farm. Just on a farm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the farm bit. And, yes, of course. and yeah. I think what feels so different about this is that Age of Ultron is a movie that kind of 
loses its energy and sense of momentum at that in that stretch to kind of go all right that's and there's you know there's there's nice stuff nestled in there but the the, the linda cardinelli stuff is is nice um Mm. but it it feels like a trough in the in the you know if you're if you're thinking about the movie as a, a line going up and down it feels like a trough whereas this this feels like the 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 peak of the movie to me because mm, yeah, where yeah. in in event in in Age of Ultron it's all of these characters kind of retreating together, whereas here it's this it's this unit being brought back together for the first time, and so right in the middle of the movie here are these four people together again, and then we watch them yeah. feeling each other out. There mm-hmm. is exposition in there, so it's it, we're we're still moving the plot forward. Um, but we're watching all of these really complex character relationships, mm-hmm. complex for, a, for an MCU movie, but complex mm-hmm. character relationships in play. And, um, and it's great. All of the, I, I loved all of the farm stuff. And yeah, I think it yeah. kind of ended after that sequence around the table. Um, but then you get, you know, you get the sequence with Natasha and Melina talking about Natasha's mother. And yeah, you get the American pie sequence, which, I loved you guys because uh, American Pie is one of the songs that I sing to my daughter um, as I'm singing it to sleep on a night. Um, that's like one of the <laughs> one of the like one of the key songs in the rotation. Before anyone kids got to learn about the Big Bopper sometime. <laughs> the full version. I do. I'm not. I do. I do do the full version. Um, <laughs> it's in there. It's in, it's in there with um, Mr. Tambourine Man and uh, Blackbird, and uh, this will be our year. Basically, just you know, teaching my daughter about songs from smells fifty years like ago. Teen, smells like teen. Smells like teen. Yeah, but I have to really. Sl- I have to really <laughs> slow it down when I sing that one too. <laughs> Probably good for her, good to get her to sleep, right? Really, just like, really, really slow this, this song down. Yeah, but I liked I liked that moment because it was, yeah, yeah uh, like I liked it because it reminded me of seeing it to my own daughter. But also, I just liked that this it, it, it is a simple thing, isn't it? Like a, a father singing a song to a daughter, and that's that's like the one thing that he mm. can reach out for in that moment, and without saying it because he can't say it, without saying it, he's going. I, I did care a bit, hmm. and I I thought that that sequence was was yeah really lovely, <laughs> and I could I could listen to David Harbour sing singing me that in a naff Russian accent. That was on end. Well, let's can we just I'd like to can I, can we just go back a little bit and talk about two people I think that worth talking about, uh, which is O T Fagbenle. Yeah, who's who's terrible in this movie? And oh I fuck don't, off! No, he's so bad. No, 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 He's great. I loved him. No. I want him back in everything. What are you talking about? What are you I thought he was great. I he's wanted so him rubbish. and I so wanted him rubbish. and I wanted him and Natasha to have hot crazy sex in that caravan. They no, had the, the chemistry is fake. It's so no, fake. they had great no. chemistry. No. I loved the no. chemistry. You've messed okay. it up on this one, Reese. I'm, yes! I'm fully, fully with Joe. Absolutely. We want them to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, just, he to me right as okay. So we we probably need to give her uh, uh, some kind of romantic interest because it won't be any of the family characters, and and maybe it's a helper who we don't you know we haven't met before, but helps her get in a caravan. And we have to sort of pretend like they have chemistry with each other. And you guys think they do fine. I just, I think it's, 
I don't, I don't buy it at all. Uh, See, and I, just, I think I just it's, hate, it's I just an... hate. No, Reese, stop hating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it was another one of those examples of re, of, of like, and this film just so often really neatly slots into pre-existing MCU without trying too hard about it. And like, yeah, she like the per- a person who has lived her life would have a kind of fixer person. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't needed him before because every time we've seen her, she's been working with shield or Captain America yeah. or whoever the fuck else. Like it, like, yeah, here he, uh, we need him to show up. And, uh, and yeah, I, I thought they crackled and I thought that it was again, no, it was, boo. it was, boo. it was nice character stuff that he was very clearly like, man, <laughs> she's I, the highest I, woman on the planet. I've had I a crush you. on this woman for yeah. years. Every time she shows up, um, I have not fallen asleep on this bed by mistake. I wanted to be here when she turned up. Uh, and um, like, oh, and, oh, oh, good morning. Oh, hi. Oh, and you can here. see that she's, she's as well like, yeah, I probably would like to. Yeah, she's like, if things were different, absolutely. But we would not. definitely, we would definitely be banging right now. But we can't because yeah. I, like, I can't form these because she's she's gone through her life like broadly shunning these attachments and and you know in in the in the hmm. course it, it, where this slots into the MCU, the only people that she has allowed close to her were your Hawkeyes, your Captain Americas, your Shields. And all of that's just blown up in her face and the Avengers have broken up. And she's she's going, well, I guess it was fun while it lasted, but I'm back on my own. And she's, she's doing exactly what she did the first time, which is walking mm-hmm. away from her family. And this movie gets her, back, gets her to the point at the end of the film where she goes, no, do you know what? I'm going to go back. It's it, like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. Okay, you've sold me. Damn it. God damn it. I hate when I <laughs> get my mind changed on this damn show live for public consumption. But yeah, okay. Actually, it's good and smart and I like it and I want them. I actually now want them to be together, but obviously she's dead. So, so that's not going to happen. And now I'm sad. You've actually made me sad now. Extra sad because I can't have because it can't happen. Uh, yeah, okay. Damn. So he's, he's Rick Mason, and when I click on his Wikipedia entry, it says Agent Bracket Comics. So he was a character called Agent. Agent. <laughs> sure, sure. The iconic character name. James, Agent. James, he's he's the son of prolific weapons deni- designer Phineas Mason, better known in certain circles yeah. as the Tinkerer. Ooh. Oh. Who, as we know, turned up in... In, um, no, did he? Did oh, he show up yeah, in did. Spider-Man: Far From Home? No, you're thinking of uh... the maker. Oh, maybe. No, it is maybe, it's, um, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Oh, I forget the actor's name, but yeah, he was one of um, Michael Keaton's men in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. So hold on. Of... Michael Chernus. Yeah. Are you saying that the little chubby guy in in the Spider that Spider movie is this is guy's dad? dad. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah, okay, sure. I did I want got to, to check see it myself, but I, I did want to check whether that was the Bokeem Woodbine character because that might have trapped and I was like, oh, yeah, they've done it on purpose, but no. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he's Rick Mason, not a very memorable character name, but like I hope he pops up in more stuff. I thought he was really fun. 
Mm, I think if if they make another Black Widow movie starring Elena, he will absolutely show up in there. Yeah, well, we just have to wait fucking twenty five years to get another Black Widow film. Yes, even as as Elena becomes a core core (laughs) character in the MCU, they're not going to make that mistake again, are they? (laughs) Uh, The other character I want to bring up that we sort of skipped over was, and this was more General Thunderbolt Thaddeus Ross. Oh, was it actually? Yeah, no, genuinely, genuinely was. <laughs> it's really not. Is he? Is he okay? He looks like he's really ill. Do you guys? What, he looked so. He just looked weird. Thoughts? I don't know. Be, I, I, I don't know because the the image I've got of him, he's in the latest season of Mythic Quest in a really great episode okay. where he's playing a terminally ill contemporary of F. Murray Abraham, so they've kind of aged him up and illed him up in it, and that's the only that's the only image of William Hurt I've got in my head right now. <laughs> I just thought he looked so weird, and and it was so... I, 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 I think what they're doing, and I've, I, actually I've read this on Twitter, so this isn't really an original idea, but uh, I think he will play into whatever's happening with um, with Julian Louis Dreyfus, and he could even... I liked, I read a tweet that was sort of like the Dark Avengers might be called sort of, they might belong to him, uh, i.e. be the Thunderbolts. Do you, sort of, do you see what I mean? And that, yeah, and anyway, I, I like that idea. They, I feel like the MCU I don't is like, I don't like continually reminding us. Can we agree on something? Why do we keep going back to this fucking guy? Like, if, if we're going to... Well, that's my point. If we're going to keep bringing right? back Thunderbolt Ross... Do something with his character. He could that in in his last three appearances. That could have been. Nah. Could have been anybody. It could have been Joe, anybody. Joe, Joe, you've got Red to calm Hulk. down. Like what what they're doing with Thunderbolt Ross is they are saying saying here is a guy from the government. He is an asshole. You're not on his side, and he, he is shorthand for that. Because otherwise, yes, but, they'd have to bring in a random character. It could be anyone. But what they're yeah. doing, the reason they keep bringing him back is because they're like. This guy is bad. He's not going to change his spots halfway through the film. You, that is an immovable fact. Of but the what story. I'm saying is, if they are building him up to be something more important, because it feels like he's come back enough times now that it's yeah, notable. If yeah. they are building him up to be something more important, I, I agree with you, James, with what you're saying in the context of this movie. But if they're building him up to be something more important, do something with him. Like, yeah, give him no, more, I don't get, think they are. Red Hulk. Red Hulk. Red Absolutely Connor. not. Red Hulk. No. <laughs> no. Never going to happen. Let's Red Hulk this mm. motherfucker up, baby! It was a bad idea in the comics, and it would be a bad idea. I think the reason he's in this movie is purely to be, you know, the, the antagonist who is definitely bad and that you don't need to worry about might might have a point. Like, he doesn't have a point because he's Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Good. I'm happy with that, James. Yeah. Shall we talk about... <laughs> Ray Raymond Ray Winston. No, no, because we're going, we're going, we, we have actually been doing quite a good job of going through okay. this movie mm-hmm. chronologically, and we need to, we need to wait, wait for Ray. Um, okay. Hold so, for Ray. Hold uh, for Ray. Natasha's hiding out in Norway, um, and because this is a, a, I guess because it's a movie rather than a Disney Plus show, it looks like it was filmed on location. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> Which which was nice after after spending six six episodes inside um, a warehouse yeah. a warehouse um, Ooh, this, twice. This, this this show set set in Lamentis, which I guess means a backlot. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, fine. Good. <laughs> I liked. I loved the. T- I loved the last two MCU shows, which were set cool. in warehouse and green screen. Um, <laughs> the TVA is well designed. Uh, uh, yeah, so she's hiding out in Norway, and she gets the package from Yelena, which. Again, I was worried, ah, fuck, have we got this MacGuffin? Because we've seen Yelena has been released Mm. from her mind control by this mist. Here is this item that shows up for... And I was like, ah, do we... Like, we just got rid of all the Infinity Stones. We need another MacGuffin. (laughs) And it it basically, it leads her back to Yelena, and then we don't see anything of of it after then until like they kind of want you to forget about it so that so that that moment at the end of the movie packs a bit of punch um but yeah so that get that gets sent to her and then taskmaster attacks her to get the formula back um and Should i tell you what i like about that scene where she gets attacked is that she starts spewing like action movie dialogue on a misassumption about what's happening and that almost yes. never happens. <laughs> she, she's she's like, like, oh yeah, you're here for me. And he's yeah. not. They're not. Hmm. She's not. That's she's not, we, indeed. As we ultimately find out. Um, <laughs> and so Taskmaster is... Um, <laughs> some people are upset about this. Taskmaster is um, a fairly well-liked villain in the comics. But I get the sense, James, that more as as much based on the taskmaster design as anything else he's got a skull face yeah (laughs) a cape and and a shield i think the reason people like taskmaster is largely because of his appearance in a deadpool run Hmm. um taskmaster's been around for a while i believe it was gail simones yeah i think I think he's turned up several mm. times since, but um, Taskmaster as a character has been around, you know, since since the eighties, and was primarily a sort of Avenger slash Captain America villain. And his gimmick was he could copy the movements of of anyone he saw fight, and so you know he would fight Captain America using his own moves, and that is a fun visual gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, the character himself has a sort of side gig training um, henchman for other supervillains. And, you know, the people who like him, like him from this Deadpool run, which means there's a certain section of fandom who are themselves uh, of questionable taste. Edgelords, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's it's so hot, and I'm so irritable. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like anyone complaining, anyone complaining about Taskmaster in this movie is likely to have been the same person complaining about Mandarin in Iron Man Three. Like, Mm. it makes total sense for the film that for the character to be there doesn't preclude the idea that the actual Taskmaster they want to see is out there somewhere, <laughs> but they're annoyed because they think, oh, this character is cool from this comic and mm. I wanted to see that version. It is the same. I, I hadn't put it together, but it, it kind of is the same trick as Iron Man 3, right? It's, it's oh, we're going to really, gonna, the, the villain will be this, the big comics villain that you know, and actually, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a little bit side piece. Yeah. It's a little bit of that, but I think 
the difference it's, in Iron Man 3 is for a significant portion of the film, that character is sold as the big villain and then mm, isn't. That's fair, and, that's the, and the marketing really, really yeah, played up the Mandarin. Whereas the Black yeah. Widow trailers have... I kind of, they were almost conspicuous by how little Taskmaster played. Yeah, into as them. soon I think as soon as Taskmaster showed up in the trailers, we went, "Well, there's a woman inside that suit." Oh no, like I it wasn't. I, I kind of assumed that there was no that that, like I said, that it was like. It was <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised to learn this <laughs> so late on. As soon, ever since the first trailer came up, I was like, "Well, they've put a Are woman you... inside that suit, and that's why it's sort of androgynous." Because your theory was Rachel Vice, wasn't it? That she would be, she would end up. Yeah, the for a while. The movie. Yeah, yeah, and like Which I, I say, think it's was... the clear. You know, she reads Rachel Vice does read villainous, or you know, she definitely has played those roles. So I, I kind of think. Yeah, I think well, the and, and the I movie, the movie, the movie that, wanted the movie you to too. think that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was definitely a point where I thought, oh, maybe, maybe she is in the suit. But my yeah. only Taskmaster issue because i love all the i love the who it is and the that reveal and the way they fight all that sort of stuff i just kind of wish that there's there's got to be a lot of olga kurilenko stuff on the cutting room floor because uh, you know because she's she's not a nobody she's not a nothing actress she's 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 got her talents and i i I just would have liked yeah i think i would have liked something more from from her as that character with 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 the character in the film that's that's a I do feel like they didn't they didn't massively explain what the character's gimmick was and why why it mattered that she was in the suit why she was in the suit at all because she was she was being used she was being yes. used by her dad like all of the widows were right yeah but and why that, why, and, and why did she being... specifically go into the suit as opposed to becoming a widow was it because she was all of the, she the, being the, blown the up damage, right yeah yeah. But and yeah. I, I, I thought that you know, it didn't. It didn't seem. It didn't seem like he was that bothered about his daughter being alive or dead. Why? Why did he keep her alive? Like, well, you know, because he could use that, a, I a think, weapon, right? Yeah, because he could yeah, use a weapon. Yeah, I feel like that relationship could have been better developed. What the the like, Drakov and Drakov's daughter relationship? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, we, that is well. Ev- everything Drakov is the weak aspect of the movie, I would say. Yeah, um, but I think Did, because, and, and I think that's because it it doesn't matter to this film. I don't think they care about that. All they care about is that when Taskmaster's helmet is removed, that it that it is a huge moment for Natasha. That's that's all that it matters. And that's why I don't think there is a lot of Olga Kirilenko stuff on the cutting room floor. I think it's like a calculated decision of, well, when the helmet is removed, we want it to be someone who's recognisable, but not so recognisable or so famous that you want more from them. It's just, I mean, like, it's Olga Kirilenko who you might recognise from a bunch of blockbusters a decade ago. I think if if you're Olga Kirilenko or her people, you... You'd be bummed out if 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 you know you wouldn't have taken that role if you thought oh you, I'm just being cast just, because some people might recognise me from movies I made ten yeah. years ago yeah, yeah you wouldn't hey hey Olga Kurlenko here is X amount of money will you turn up for three days on set and speak no lines of dialogue and you get and you and you get the profile of being in an MCU movie. Yeah, it's really a fucking pro. It's not really. I, mean, I don't. I, you know, she's. They didn't even advertise. <laughs> she could have held out for better. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. What was I going to say? I was going to say that. Can we talk? I. I don't agree about the Romans and the Dreadcob of it all. I think. 
No, we're um, not there yet, Reese. We're not there yet. We we just talked about it. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't want to talk more about Taskmaster. I thought the fighting was really cool. <laughs> okay, the fight was. It really was cool. really cool. Great I fight. really wish. I wish they'd made more of a thing of her. Yes, like, I agree with you. I I sort of got the impression that the reason they were pitting Taskmaster against Black Widow was for her to be like, oh, you know, your friends are gone, but now you have to fight them in that mm. sort of ish. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and it would have been fun if they'd done a little bit more with that. As it was, it was like, we noticed he was doing Captain America moves. It didn't seem like she did. Mm. Like, and also, I feel yeah, like yeah. if they're going to have a fist fight and she's going to win, it she should do it by being slightly smarter than the character and, like, changing up her fighting style or doing something. Mm. Well, that is, that is how she beat her, though. Each, I so mean, never, the way she, she beat never... her was... Letting her punch her into the river, right? Yeah, the first. The, so the first time she doesn't win the fight, she escapes. So yeah. she she's smarter by she she double bluffs her with the location of the vials and then allows herself yeah. to be to I be punted re- away. I think as an audience, you read that as she's. Uh, I think the audience goes, "Oh, oh, Taskmaster is a real threat. She's essentially yeah. beating her in this bit." She Black Widow will have to figure out a way to beat her, or sorry, beat mm. Taskmaster later in yeah. the film, which I, don't, I which I don't think happens. No, no, but it's, so that I think that's it is that Taskmaster by design um, can't really be beaten by Natasha because, and I, I liked the element of you are you are a famous superhero from off of the TV, as are all your mates. Everyone's <laughs> able to study you, and so someone who is able to like study to this extent and learn all your moves, and like, and then has the resource to kind of have the the bow and the shield and the blades coming out of the arm and all that kind of stuff. I thought I thought they did a good job, like oh, it like just every so often being like, oh, that's and that's that character's move, and oh, that's that character's move. Mm. Um, I thought the I, I thought it was a, a well matched. I thought she was well matched because it wasn't like she was learning. It wasn't like Taskmaster was learning how to fight Black Widow in the moment. And it was like, oh, you've done that move. And so now I will respond with this. It was, it was more, I've learned your stuff. I'm not, but, but I'm not completely infallible. Um, I will say, yeah. I mean, I, and James, I might be misremembering, but I sort of think they did miss a beat, you know, cause, cause, Taskmaster in the comics, like generally the way those stories end is that the is Taskmaster kind of uses the hero's moves against them and the hero the story is them doing something different or, or learning to Yeah, they would know, outthink to, him. He, right. And I'm not I just yeah. not I, I kind of feel like you if you if your Taskmaster is is your baddie in this, and I obviously you've got the Dracov's daughter piece of it as well, which which sort of complicates it. But I just wonder whether in that last chunk Something a bit more imaginative, imaginative could have been, could have, could have, could have happened. She's, you know, I mean, because you've got good stuff in the comics, right? You've got good. But she's not the villain. The stuff the That's the, She's not the villain. She's the henchman, yeah, essentially. Fair. And so the 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 thing at the end, I thought, I thought it was a, like borderline comical, where it was just like, can I just lock you in the? Yeah, I figured out a way to just lock you in the room, and so now you can't get to me. <laughs> but then I did. I then did like how they paid that off with her rediscovering her and going. Ah shit! Okay, yeah, right. So I'm gonna let you out. <laughs> this might be a bad idea, but I'm gonna let you out because I, I think need to. one of the one of the things that sort of strikes me about that character is like, had this had this been a comic, right? 
the way that a fight would have gone would have been like you would have had at some point a flashback to Natasha training with Steve Rogers or something and them having a conversation about you know their fighting styles and how they mm. interact and she would have you know she would have learned something from that first fight that she would have used again in the mm. second and I think mm. I think Reese is right like there was a more inventive version of that mm. that you know sort of justified using that character as opposed to making it just it could have been anyone they could have used the crimson cowl instead of the mm. taskmaster but they just wanted a sort of cool visual and that's all all it was and, and the, the MCU back does to... that a lot of times, doesn't it? Right. It, will pick it does, a... and it's it... bad when it does it. <laughs> but they'll they'll pick a character that means more to comics readers than it does to movie readers. Mm. Whereas yeah. for the MCU, they get a cool design that they can put in their movie. And do you know what? If they want to do a more accurate version of the Taskmaster later on, like they've done with the Mandarin, they'll just go. They'll just go. Uh, all right, Taskmaster two. <laughs> you know, here's, well, yeah. here's the new. Here's the new the, that is the that is the comparison, you know. If you so so the, so Ma- the Mandarin in Iron Man three, it's like it's pure. It's a it's a pure joke. It's a, and if you like it, it's a really funny, really good joke. And then you know, the Taskmaster in this that also plays though, to the themes of the film. To be fair, like it, it's in there for yeah, a good sure. reason. Uh, yeah, not, I won't disagree with that. But but with this, yeah. with the it, it's a pure like it's like a pure emotional kind of play. It's like we don't really mm-hmm. care about the character, the powers, how they will win. Like yeah. we are, we are interested in who this person is behind the mask, how they relate to it, Natasha. And we want to, and that's what we want to do, you know? And so the rest of it's it a be cool matter. henchman because if that character mm. was the villain, I think the stuff that mm. you've just said would happen. But what we, what instead mm. we are Reese, wait for it. Drum roll. <gasps> what instead, what we're waiting for is how is she going to outsmart Ray Winston in the final <laughs> act. because because Ray Winston is the villain. Ray Winston is great in this, and is Harvey Weinstein. No, he's, he's, and let's talk about so, it. He's he's, he's excellent. He's, he's so, so good. He's excellent in this film, <laughs> and uh, and, the, the, and he he really draws out for me the themes of the movie. The you know, do you know, uh, or, or the, the, weird... the feminist political themes of the movie for sure, and and, and the fact that. I think it's a. I think it's a choice, and maybe you guys might. I think you guys will disagree. I think it's a choice that he he isn't reading in this movie as particularly Russian, as particularly uh, as particularly Black Widowy. It doesn't feel like a guy who runs the Red Room. I think that. I honestly think that's a choice from the filmmakers to have him read much more as a slimy business slash Hollywood exec yeah. in yeah. the in the, the, right guy in the, the shadows, yeah. yeah, the comparison to Harvey Weinstein is undeniable and deliberate. Sure. Absolutely. Great. Probably the one part of this movie that couldn't have been there had they made it in 2016. Because mm-hmm. that was slightly too early for all the stuff that came out, right? And I think I think that stuff really works. It really, you really feel it. You connect it with, with, with the real world, you know, and tie that in with that, with the opening credit sequence, with all those harrowing stuff with the young girls being yeah, put although, into storage so containers. There is, so there is, uh, yeah, there is one there is one big debate that I think needs to be had, and I don't know if yeah. those three dudes are the best people to have it. Okay. But that stuff, yeah, those parallels are there, and this is a film about men who have taken women's agency and women fighting to take that agency back. Um, and to kind of collapse the, the, you know, the patriarchal power structure that has 
helped enforce that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that all has obvious parallels to Weinstein and to the Me Too movement. But this is the MCU, and the MCU, as we've discussed with uh, Natasha and um, and uh, Rick Mason, just struggling to remember his name, the MCU doesn't do sex. And th- th- there is th- that is obviously such a such a huge component of not just Weinstein and the Me Too, and it, it, you know a lot of it is power and control, but. It's specifically, it, it, it's grounded in sexual exploitation. And, you know, it's not always, but a lot of the time. And I think that, you know, it's, it's very hard to talk about misogyny and the patriarchy without bringing it back to sex, because it does come back to that so often. And it's a really tricky line that this movie then walks because it it has no interest and like i would say you know it is almost explicit in the fact that there is no sexual component to this they are soldiers there is no sense that um ray winston has acted inappropriately to any of them um like he he like he doesn't he doesn't want to do anything with them he doesn't like he he can't be seduced it like that that would be weakness for him in the in the narrative that the MC, that you know that the mm. Black Widow movie has set up, and in a way, I kind of feel, and, and, and in a way, I kind of feel it's appropriate. It also kind of it tracks with this idea of the widows having all been um, sterilized because that you know that that is a distraction. That's something that's aside from the mission, and it would make sense that the guy at the top of that, and you know, and by the way, at like. At, you know, I, I, while I think it is more Weinstein because it's a person in the shadows, there is, there is, I think, the shades of Trump as well, and I think that's why the political imagery is there. Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of think it makes sense, and I, I don't know they could have, I don't know if they could have done it any other way, but there is, there is just this weird disconnect in my brain that I'm going, that is so central to your, to your. And I think this is what holds the movie back from being really great for me because I think all of the Natasha stuff really works. But I just don't think that that central metaphor can fully can mm. fully work and have real world parallels if you strip the idea of sexual assault, abuse, yeah. exploitation out of that's, it completely that's... because that's that's not how the real world works. When it sex is such an important factor in in that imbalance across society. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say, which is that it, by removing that element of the story, like on the one hand, right, you, if you're making a film that's supposed to appeal to all ages and, you know, you don't necessarily want to do a film especially one that's aimed at women as well, an action movie, where they are being sexually exploited because, you know, we've talked about this with regards to race as well. Like there are other narratives that you can tell about women other than here is another movie where a woman is being sexually exploited mm-hmm. or here is another woman who's a victim of rape. Cause like those things get tired and people like women speak about how they don't want to see those stories every time they go to the cinema. At the same time, if you're making a film 
that is sort of an implicit criticism of that stuff, it feels a bit toothless if you just don't address it at all. And by stripping that out, it, it undermines the central metaphor. So it's a, it's a really just, tough yeah. balancing act. And I However, feel like they could have, they could have been less, they could have been less, they could have tackled those themes in a way that wasn't salacious. But I wonder whether it's... And then, Reese, Reese, I wonder whether, does it... it, No, no, this is, I'm I'm asking you, does, do you Mm. think this works better? It obviously works better for you. And actually, I don't know, I kind of feel like I'm in the middle of this. I don't know the answer. I don't know Mm. what, I don't know what the best way to approach this was. But whilst it's not kind of like, um, you know, it's, it's not the same direct parallel as, um, I don't know, you know, uh, yeah, Natasha going into Drakoff's office and we find it, us finding out that he had sexually abused her in the past or that she had been through these, you know, traumatic sexual experiences when she was training in the Red Room. But that sterilization piece is, it is, that is still, and the, the, the film makes a point of having that scene earlier on. And I mm-hmm. think it's a really, I think it's a really, really well handled scene. Um, compared to but to bring up Age of Ultron again to, compared to the way that Joss Whedon handled it in that movie. Um but do you think do you think that there is something there perhaps that there is there is it's almost like the flip of it's the flip that their sexual agency has still been taken away. Yeah well okay a few things. You know I think part part of it is the I think the casting and the performance from Winston, you know, the, to cast Ray Winston and then his performance, you know, he, he's in like peak. I, I do think he's, I think he's really good in this. He's giving like a peak skeevy mm-hmm. performance and he reads as, as so skeevy and gross, you know, you know, and, and, and that's not, that's not necessarily true of, of all his performances, right? He's, you know, he's next with range, but he, he, he also definitely has a persona of, of 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 that type of character, <laughs> he is, right? He's also dressed like Ray, uh, like yeah, like Weinstein, right? <laughs> like Weinstein, and, he le- yeah. and he's leaning really into that. So I think that's subtle, and that and that does take the audience to kind of come to that uh, for it to work. But I, for me, I did. I, I came, I, you know, I came to that from for me. But also, I, I you know, I compare it to if you t- if you take two like quite recent films, you take you take Bombshell. And the assistant, <laughs> I, I would, I find that I think those are interesting comparisons. Like Bombshell is, like you know, sort of so explicitly about uh, um, uh, the, the sexual harassment from um, oh God, what, what was his name? The the, 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 the Fox News guy, from my brain. Uh, John uh, Lithgow. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Roger Ailes. It, Roger Ailes. You know, you, and then you've got the scene with Margot Robbie where, like, you know, you, you sort of witness him yeah, yeah, harassing yeah. her, right? And so you really see it. You, you just see it. The movie you just wants to show you that, and that's what's happened. And, you know, the, uh, you know and this is this is bad. And then I think The Assistant is, 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 is an interesting comparison where so much is unsaid. It's like it's almost completely unsaid, but, but, but you, with your own cultural context completely understand really early on what what you are watching you know who these characters are where what the kind of establishment mm. they work for what's happening and i kind of think that i kind of think black widow is on this it's on the lap is on this it's on the assistant side of that where it doesn't need to you know this is a this is a big mainstream product right a a, a it can't it just can't 
explicitly say the things that we're talking about. But B, I kind of think because it because it because it knows it's going to play to this really huge bucket of people, it can it can you know it knows the con it knows the context of the world yeah. right we, we all live in the world and so it can sort of just it can it can dress winston up in a certain way you can have him perform things in a certain way and it can have him you know just just look and be a certain way and you, you just get you just get it you just get that without it needing to be explicit and you know it's a it's a it's a it's a small i think it throws the needle just about right because because yeah um it's it's it, that's a tricky sort of line to, to get through right to want to make a point without and knowing you you know you're, you're literally a disney product right you cannot say yeah. the things you want to say but me as the, me as an audience member like that's how i took it and i think many yeah. i think many people will take it completely like that and it, and so and so it's kind of on that on works. that level it's a success because yeah yeah it is and it, it is sexual it like it's sort of even though the movie is not sexual, the character isn't sexual. It's making a point about 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 sex and about sexual harassment and and the uh, you know and the, it's making these points about these things without ever saying mm. it. I think that's in a way that's it's good filmmaking. It's good filmmaking. And I, 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 I you you've now got me thinking back to Red Sparrow, which I'm uh, almost equally surprised that. Uh, it's taken me this long to bring up that movie on this podcast, but also, <laughs> also that I that this long after I've remembered Red Sparrow to be bringing it up on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But that that is a <laughs> that is a movie that kind of has that stuff coded in there, and I think I, I I can't remember when it came out in relation to Weinstein and Me Too, but what it what it certainly felt like it had baked into its meta narrative was. Uh, the response to the, the the nude photo hack and and have Jennifer Lawrence particularly, mm. you know, as uh, you know, the unfortunate poster girl of that, like was trying to take back agency and um, you know and, and control over her own image and her own body and her own sexuality after that was literally stolen from her. Um, in the public eye and that I think is one of the more interesting elements of that movie but I don't and and, I, and that is a movie that is a little bit more sexually explicit and and you know it's a lot more sexually explicit and it has you know it has sequences in there where she is explicitly sexualized and it has um it has sex scenes and I, I and yeah, I, and I'm not necessarily sure that it's better or it makes its points better than this movie does. Mm. So I don't. I, I yeah. I, I I find this really difficult, and I think probably you know what I what I will do is wait and sit back for the for the think pieces and for the people who are better placed to talk about this than me <laughs> to 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 say, to say how well it landed for them uh, because mm-hmm. I just I think it's. Yeah, I I just don't know. I think yeah, I kind of I kind of have agreed with everything that both of you have said for the past ten minutes. So, you know, we're making progress, guys. <laughs> it is, but you know, it is. I think you've got to. I, I I kind of think Kate Shortland has not gotten enough credit for this movie. Uh, you know, amongst many pieces, but again, the yeah, the kind of the the boldness and confidence to try and transmit transmit some of these you know really adult ideas adult themes within a within a marvel movie uh and get it over the line right or just you know just some version of them over the line as as, as we talked about i think i think 
yeah, I just wonder whether, you know, the, I think about that line at the end of Black Panther, let's it, directly reference Black Widow, Black Panther, not just because the first word in it, but, you know, the, what's, the, what's, what's Killmonger's final line? You know, which is very provocative. What's that line? Anyone? Well, about wanting to... Just to, before he dies, right? Yeah. To, very, to yeah. die in the ocean rather than be yeah. kept as a slave. Yeah. Very, very provocative, political, really, really kind of socially conscious line from Kugler, like really, really bold to put that in, in, an, in, a, in, a, in a big mainstream MCU Disney movie. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and, he, and got all the, got all the kind of plaudits for, for, for sort of having that stamp on that movie. And I just think there's, I mean, I'm not saying it's the same, but I think there's stuff in Black Widow that, that's of a similar kind of, um, you know, you know, it's inter- interesting to compare Black Widow with, with with Captain Marvel, which I think you know has some some similar mm. themes. You know, you've yeah. got the Jude Law and 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 uh, and, Mar- and and Captain Marvel kind of relationship, right? With with, with interest with parallels to to um, uh, Drakeoff and Black Widow, but I think Black Widow go- like goes a lot further, like really kind of well, goes for it much so, more. And, Cap- and Cap- Captain Marvel says it a lot more explicitly, and you know, it, it kind mm-hmm. of has that like. You know, it's it's sound drops are there. Mm. Uh, it's you know, it's it's needle drops are there. With you know, like I'm just a girl, and I forget the time I liked it, and now yeah. I'm thinking when I think back to that scene, I cringe a little bit. I think that this the 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 scene in that movie that I love the best that hits on that stuff is when Jude Law's screaming at her at the end, and she just uh, and and like he might as well be screaming, "Debate me!" Yeah, <laughs> she, and, and 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 she's just like, "Fuck this." Um, but that you know, but, but he, doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't scream debate me, and that's why it works. And a lot yeah. of the other stuff feels a bit too on the nose. Whereas, yeah, I I agree, Reese. I think here it works because it is just it just feels like implicitly baked into this setup, and because we mm-hmm. know the Black Widow setup as well, mm-hmm. we know it. You know, we know that that is a we know that that is a concept that um, that yeah takes that that takes the agency away from, mm-hmm. from the women who are a part of it. Um, yeah. And I, and I thought, See, it, again, I thought it was a lot more like, successful. Yeah. Again, I agree to a point. I just think, I think it was maybe too subtle and especially within the framework of an action movie, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring up these big themes, you want uh, you want them to be unmissable. And I think you could conceivably watch Black Widow and not think about it. Harvey Weinstein, see, or, that's, or the way women are controlled at all. Really, see, I, that's that's where I definitely disagree. I think it would be so hard to come away from this movie and not be thinking about that. I think part part of the issue I have, right, is that there's a lot of telling you about what the other widows are doing without ever showing their agency being lost. Like there's that one fight mm. early on in the movie, that's a bad point. Yeah, but then other than that. Mm. Like you don't really see the widows being controlled or having their will subverted. It's only very but briefly at the start and very briefly at the Tass- end. But we, but we don't need to because our. But you no, don't no, know Taskmaster is one of them for the bulk of the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, but we but we yeah. don't need that, do we? Because we've got our two protagonists who have who you know we know exactly what they went through. No, I, but I, I we, again I, we don't I, I see them go through it. We're yeah. told they went through it. Like the first yeah, time we see yeah, Elena, yeah. she's escaped control. We never see uh, Natasha under someone else's control. No, but I think, maybe because the, we... the truth is, 
yeah, it's it's like it's yeah, it's really grim. Like if you know if Dracoff, yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah, and it, it I guess you get Dracoff saying stuff, and then they and then and then the widows. Do and again, the I, thing, I, I, you do get that. And I think I, I, go, I go back to that opening sequence where there are you know there are there, there's some horrible yeah, imagery there yeah, yeah. of like faces being sliced yeah. open and and sheets being pulled over dead bodies and mm. yeah that and like but what yeah. what are they doing they're just fighting each other right that you well and they're being experimented what? on and they're being who knows um and, and, but, and uh, again yeah. that's that's in the intro sequence in the story itself like you don't you don't have to grapple with what? women losing their agency because it all happens off screen yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a it, it, that all the rest of them are just shorthand. We know we know that they're all being mind controlled, and they went through the same thing that Elena went through. Yeah, but what what did Elena go through? She shot someone, and then was surprised to have found herself doing it. She's, like, where's the angst in that? Where's the angst in that character? About having having finally, uh, in like the last couple of months, had a sense of what freedom is for the first time in her no, life. Yeah, to but be, she, to be she making talks her about, own decisions. <laughs> she talks about how great it is to buy clothes now. Yeah, because she's yeah, been, but she's she's not like the, se- the not scene feeling... at the, the the scene at the dinner table where she's reacting to Melina saying how that how she. Um, was involved in this process. She said, do you know who they did that to? Do you know what they did to people? And, you know, we are shown by what happens to the pig, the way that these people are controlled, as one of the people who was controlled that way is watching on. Like, I, I okay. completely, I completely, um, yeah, it was just, it was, here, yeah, the are, only... here are people who've had all of their agency stripped away. The only time I got a sense of that, of, re- of really feeling how awful that must be is when that one widow comes to get them and like she falls off the building and Drakov makes her kill herself mm. by shooting herself in the face like that I think if you're going to make the point about agency you want more moments like that in the movie mm. as opposed to you know being told how bad it is for this thing to have happened like show us it happening and make no, it I, 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 I completely disagree because a mind controlled person can't show you anything it's the it's the psychological wounds afterwards that are what matter i think the thing to james point the thing we've never gotten from the black widow storyline in the mcu is that equivalent scene in the i don't know if james if you've seen this the born uh the third one the, the ultimatum was the third one the <laughs> yeah. scene where you get the flashback in that movie of him basically signing up to to the Treadstone program with Albert Finney. Uh, and you just get you just get that moment, right, of like him sort of what happens at the moment where he goes from being a normal, you know, just a person to deciding, you know, agreeing to in that in that scene agreeing to be a super killer. And I just wonder whether you know, we we could have done with that scene in this or in in something other some other MCU. Yeah, you're, you're of, talking like, about you're talking about the, the the least interesting scene in the Bourne franchise. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you like, want that. Maybe it's a catharsis, right? You kind of, as the audience, you just want that. Hey, you want that moment. You just want to, you just want to understand that moment. You know, the, why, like the why, thing. Th- this is again coming back to the thing that I think is the problem w- with the film, which is that it's too subtle about its big ideas. And 
for Joe, it seems like that's something he enjoys, the fact that it's all beneath the surface, whereas I'm looking at it going like, you could miss this if you're not looking for it. And well, I think the, the, you shouldn't... It's an action movie. You shouldn't be able to miss the big ideas. No, you could... Because the, the, the themes are baked into a movie. That's the, the, This, for me, is the ideal with that kind of stuff. Like, I, I'm, I'm not... And audiences are not turning up to a Black Widow movie going... Oh, I can't wait for this Harvey Weinstein parallel. Really looking forward no, to that. This is my point. They're not. And you hit them with it. You make it, you make them understand it. Like yeah, those are the people you want to reach the most, right? It's no, the it's, people who will go and see a Black Widow movie and then not care about the wider social implications of Yeah, but so, so I like do. I, I think it's, I think it's baked into the themes. I think it's, I think it's a graspable in there. I mean, I mean, James, you saw it in there, right? You're saying you felt it was subtle enough that it could be missed, but you didn't miss it. Uh, I saw, I saw it, but I kept thinking again and again. I was like, "You could have gone harder." You could, like, there's well, no one who saw well, that's, like that's fair, Black Panther, but right? But it's in there. No, yeah, it's in there, but it's not in there enough, which is my constant point. Mm. Like, mm. no one saw Black Panther, and at the end of it went. Oh, I wonder what I wonder what Killmonger was talking about at the end, there, didn't <laughs> yeah. they? Like, well, no one missed racism. that. <laughs> yeah, I also, I, I, can, I also can come out of this movie and be this like, "This is as good a film as Black Panther." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, this is my point. Like, you could have, you could come out of this movie and not notice the Me Too parallels. The fact that you or I noticed them doesn't mean they were done well. It means they were in there. It doesn't mean they were done the best version of the, those ideas, right? Well, and and yeah, and and that specifically, I don't know the answers, James, <laughs> because because I, I I don't like I think if you are more explicit and you are too on the head with that kind of stuff, it it could completely overpower the the end of the movie. But like, yeah, I don't you, know, worry, like you worry when, about having didn'tic moments, absolutely. When, but when lit, when specifically in the final, you know, in the final showdown with Drakov, he is talking about pheromones. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. So I, I, I like I don't I, I I'm not thinking about I think the word pheromones is is you know hinting at so you know it could have been anything couldn't it but they choose to use that word mm. which is coded in a certain direction and mm. and again I, I I kind of think the decision they make to lean into it is let's make the sexual thing completely absent so let's have it that actually every widow has something in them that they are almost like. That that they are repelled by his pheromones. <laughs> that they have that that, <laughs> that 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 they've been brainwashed to the point that they literally can't go near him. Um, and and it you know like it is the the control here is completely removing that from the equation. And so yeah, for for me, I I think it's like for me that kind of stuff hits the sweet spot in terms of baking the themes into the movie. Mm-hmm. And and you know obviously. I liked all of this and I, I I liked the kind of the amount that I had to reach for it within the, within this kind of fun action movie. But for you guys, d- differing levels of success with. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no not, no. but I'm on, yeah, I'm on the, I'm literally moving my chair right now. I'm moving my chair to <laughs> the left side of the screen where your zoom, where your zoom name is. I'm on the Joey side and James is over there. 
by himself on, on his on side. this specific so point, okay. but, you've, but you've been closer to Reese on uh, you've been close to James on most of the other yes, stuff. Yes, well, we have diverse opinions. In terms of, we in we terms of their subtlety, yeah. Didn't want to impugn your earlier opinions, Reese. Just don't freaking don't freaking put me with him and similarly James, don't freaking put me with him. I exist as my own person with my own thoughts. That's the point right. I wish to make. Um can we talk about something that I'm I'm really hoping we can all agree on? Um, do, we, okay, do, yeah. do we all want to marry Florence Pugh? <laughs> oh, Joe, come on. I'm, Joe, I'm, come I'm, on. I'm, I'm, I'm married already, married. but I'd, yeah, I would like to marry Florence Pugh. <laughs> I, know, no, I, 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 know she, I know she's your Cat Dennings, and I respect that. But don't drag me into this. <laughs> I love Florence Pugh. I think that this is. I think this is a great performance. Um, yeah, she's so good. In in you know in in that you you just immediately want to see more of her, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you do. And I mean, she's no she's no David puppet. Harbour in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought she plays very well as like she's the bratty little fag Benley. Not <laughs> <laughs> She plays very well as like a bratty little sister. I'm not. I'm not fully convinced I care about her in any other movies, but I cared about her in this movie. Yeah, I thought okay. I thought she, I thought a couple of her runner. I thought the the runner with the vest was really funny, uh, which I I don't, I don't I don't want to give you any spoilers, but at the end of the movie, she gives that to um, Natasha. Yeah, and... I, I'm not sure that that would be a spoiler if I had you know for me, <laughs> but you know, okay, fine. <laughs> Listeners, I said that in a spoiler-free chat, and you made me cut it out, and I'm not cutting this bit out. I'm keeping this in. That's not Plus, a spoiler. She has the jacket. Anyway, it's okay, the end of the continue. movie. It's, I thought, yeah, it's I, just a freaking jacket. <laughs> I thought the stuff with the jacket was fun. I thought that she was uh, that she kind of found the the right spot with the humor there. And I also really I loved the runner about the hero poses and the hair flicks and stuff. Um, like, well, <laughs> why why do you do this? <laughs> why who are you doing this for? I thought it was really funny. Yeah, 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 she's, yeah, she's, yeah, she's 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 good at she's doing so that good. stuff. And my my question is, uh, yeah, I wonder. It's just a really like it's sort of like a process stupid question, but I wonder, I wonder how how they will transition her out of having the accent. <laughs> I did. I immediately I thought that. I was right? like, how yeah. many how many movies? I I did wonder. Like, is the blip an opportunity? No, apparently not. From from our post credit <laughs> sequence. Um, yeah, you're like, how fast do they do the Elizabeth Olsen on this? Mm. But I think she's got a better control over that accent than Elizabeth Olsen ever did over hers. Should we talk? Um, should we talk now about um, you know? Should we talk about the post credit scene and what we, you know, what we think that that that? Yeah. So this mean? this is this is the the biggest opportunity for MCU speculation. Yes. Um, I have to assume that they have cast Florence Pugh with the intention of doing right by her. She is she's already an Oscar nominee. Um she I I, I mean like if, if if people aren't familiar with Florence Pugh already, um she is I, I think particular like go watch Little Women and go watch Lady Macbeth, which I think she's just like a- astonishing but oh and, and Midsommar as well. I think she's like Astonishing in all of those movies. Sorry, I, I misheard. You must have said fighting in fighting in your family as well, right? You, I must have <laughs> yeah, away, she's so. really she's, she's really good in that. 
<laughs> Which I don't think that is the title, Fighting in Your Family. Fighting, fighting with, with my, my family. family. Yes, yeah. that is. Because she's fighting with them and also with them. Basically, um, yeah, you, to, to think, oh, well, what if there was a, dub, a, a WWE, like, kind of associated film about the, 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 the wrestler Paige uh, yeah. and, and The Rock is in it? And that will be that will be absolutely terrible, right? No, no, actually, actually really, really it's really it's it's kind of good. Her and Jack Lydon both really great in that. Uh, really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know if you've if you can tell this, listeners. I really like Florence Pugh. I mean, she's like she's been my favorite actress over the past two or three years since I saw Lady Macbeth, and um, yeah, I can't imagine they're casting her. With not an, with not a view to doing something big with her. Also, as I said earlier, I don't think they're going to make the Black Widow mistake twice. It just feels like that this this character will get their due, which kind of makes it slightly surprising that the post credit scene <laughs> is teasing her appearance in the <laughs> Hawkeye TV show. Mm, yeah, and and teasing her appearance as antagonist and yep. i don't want to watch her as antagonist yeah i mean i do want to watch her kill hawkeye so <laughs> swings what around if that show what if that show is like by the end of the first episode yelena has killed hawkeye and, yeah and then the six show bullets in the head <laughs> i mean a few a few things i did like here um her russian uh, and this is for, for anyone who's read the uh diffraction i hawkeye that uh, I liked her Russian links. I'm really hoping she brings like a band of um, a, a band yeah, track of suited Russians. Track, track suited Russians who say bro with her. Um, she also Ooh. said <laughs> I did note that when she was talking about kind of the life she wanted to set, you know, like the dream life that she had. She's like, well, obviously I can't have kids, but I'd really like a dog. And I was like, oh, maybe a pizza dog. Oh well, no, um, no she's got they, a dog in the final scene. Though. <laughs> and. Yeah, I guess what I'm mostly hoping for is that when she shows up in that, that the the bit is that she's turned up to get revenge on Hawkeye. She very quickly finds out what the deal is, and it's more, and that that series is more setting up her friendship with Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop than it is about her as antagonist to Clint Barton. I do. But, I but, think. Yeah, I think she's worry. gonna build a link with one of the Hawkeyes. Definitely. I think that's why they're putting those characters together, and that'll be her entry point into into the Avengers in some way. Well, sh- surely, but it doesn't bode sh- well. But... Surely, Renner's Renner's not sticking around after that, is he? What What, what are the what, gigs has Renner got? They're gonna no, have everyone what, back. They can. What are they gonna What are they gonna do with him after that? Just Just shuffle him off to the side. Haley Steinfeld's your new Hawkeye, and and after having your Black Widow Hawkeye kind of double act throughout the the you know the first few movies, that now it's it's that again, but it's Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld instead. I do want. I do fun. worry though. You know, you you end, you end Falcon the Winter Soldier with uh, Contessa set. You know, because coming out of that, I think. Um, US, you, you know, US agent John, John Walker is much clearly a kind of a future antagonist mm-hmm. from that show, and Contessa has si- sort of signed him up. I, I worry that what we are, what we ought to read, you know, from the end of this is that is that Yelena is 
fits the same role as as he did, right? Which is a okay, so, so, future so, so I, and I think no, that's no, no, up, no, no, but, but that's but that's that's not what they did. But that's that's how we viewed John Walker at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. They gave him his redemption arc in that final episode. However badly it landed, they gave him his redemption arc. <laughs> they certainly he thought is, they gave him his redemption arc, yeah. He is he is a morally ambiguous, conflicted character by the end of that series who's been recruited by Contessa Valentine. Yeah, but okay. The, the, yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'll Val. maybe I'll clear up what I meant, which is, you know, do I want to see uh Yelena and John Walker and I'm trying to think who it could be in the future thing. Uh Sure, Sylvie. Do I want to see them team up against Kate Bishop. a young Avengers, or do I want to just see them all be friends and like and be like chums and buddies? You know, because I, I think you are you are you know you there's the risk of slightly you're separating your your you're separating all your fun people. You're putting them into these into these groups that are fighting each other. Whereas actually, you just as the audience, you don't want to see that. You want to see them we're a, team up. Yeah, right? I. I, I agree. I don't want to, and, and I don't want her to be just an antagonist. But I don't think we know what they're doing with this yet, and I don't think no, we know sure. what mo- what movies they're showing up in, how far in the future this is. <laughs> you, do they do they team up on a TV show before they? I go, was going to say, you know, I I have a horrible feeling. What we're heading towards is like a Dark Avengers TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I don't like, want that. I, what Avengers I kind of movies. my my hope right is that maybe the next Avengers movie is like about the U.S. government through the Contessa has has tried to form its own more sanitized, more controllable version of the Avengers. It's these bunch of douchebags you don't like, you know. It's U.S. <laughs> agent or whatever sure. and his mates, sure. and the other Avengers are like, well. You know, our guys died, so we sort of disbanded. But now these these idiots have turned up with our name. We're going to reform the Avengers. We're going to take it back. And as part of that, Yelena will realize, like, oh, I've been hanging out with the wrong guys and switch teams. Mm. That's my dream scenario. What I worry is that they're going to do a TV crappy version of that. I just, and they'll just I, never, again... never make it to another movie. I'd no, the TV sucks. If... All the TV shows are bad. <laughs> I'd just be surprised if Florence Pugh had signed up for that. Yeah, I I think it's more likely Florence Pugh gets a Black Widow sequel because there's this big dangling thread of all these widows who are out there and are no yeah. longer being controlled. And that's a loose end that needs tying up. So I'm expecting to see that happen either in a Black really? Widow TV show or in a Black Widow sequel. Hmm. Uh, and I, I think I, I they'll probably wait for I the box know. office on that. I think what's difficult to predict about the MCU right now is we are, you know, we are kind of, uh, we're, we're coming out of those first three phases where from, from the kind of the moment they all crossed over, there was the promise of this big bad and we built towards that big bad. And that there was essentially, whilst there were individual adventures and some that some that were a little bit more standalone than others, they were all broadly building towards that big moment at the end. Mm-hmm. The, the the MCU, by its you know, like we're talking about in this next six months, between between now and the end of this calendar year, we are going to get three more MCU movies, and likely 
three new MCU Disney Plus shows. And so on a, you know, on an annual basis from here on in, we are going to get three to four movies and probably four to six Disney Plus shows. Like that's that's a lot of content and there's a lot and you know when you look at the movies that they're setting up they they seem like they're setting up their own kind of you know like Shang-Chi and Eternals don't really feel like really closely linked to anything that's come before they feel like the the, the canvas is expanding there is the promise of multiverse and all you know like I, I, I think it's very hard to say I think that this character is going in this direction. Because, you know, it could very much be that, you know, um, Valentina is recruiting all of these people, but, like, you know, they split off into two factions. And, and and you know, um, that, that, that they don't necessarily even stay together or that, yeah, that, that maybe, you know, maybe Valentina is a, is a figure who is there in the background and kind of fucking around with stuff, but, like, that plan doesn't actually manifest until way down the line and we've already had a black widow movie by that point um yeah so it's i i i I just think we kind of need to brace ourselves for there are going to be kind of lots of smaller sub stories running through the mcu now rather than just one big thing because you know all of this with like valentina and dark avengers or Young Avengers or Thunderbolts or any potential future team that might materialize materialize out of this. Like, is that going to have anything to do with Blade or Fantastic Four <laughs> or, or yes. mutants? They all fight. Like, they all are doing like, a fight. But there's this. They're doing. You know, there's the promise of doing so much stuff. Like, I I, I don't know how it's going to cross over, and I don't know which I mean, of these. The thing for me, the thing for me, right, is that. Sooner or later, there is going to be another Avengers movie because I don't know if you noticed the last Avengers movie was quite successful. It yeah. made money, and so there's no, there's no way. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way that Kevin Feige is going like, oh, we're finished with Avengers now. Oh so no, 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 no. The the key thing for me is to look at what's going on in the Marvel universe and say which mm. of these looks like it's going to feed into Avengers, and you know, a character coming around recruiting superheroes to be in a mysterious team project. Screams, Avengers, something, right? But what if you know? Doesn't necessarily have to connect to Eternals or Shang Chi or anything, but those those characters, that's Avengers stuff. Let me pitch you something that I think slaps. Twenty twenty five, Dark Avengers. Twenty twenty six, Young Avengers. Twenty twenty seven, Dark Avengers versus Young Avengers. (laughs) Oh my! Twenty twenty eight, me. Young Dark Avengers. Oh, it's crazy! You combine them; they're in the same group now. This is so big. I want to spend my money. Oh, what? The ticket prices have doubled. Yeah, oh, I have to buy a damn ticket. I, I genuinely, genuinely, one of my concerns is that at some point they do what the comics did and just fully go hard on devaluing the idea of Avengers as a concept, and suddenly we're yeah. getting. New Avengers, Dark Avengers, Young Avengers, and you're like, how are any of these Avengers? They're not. They're just different teams with Avengers and an adjective slapped on the front. In Feige, we try. And I think I think, I think Feige you know, is smart yeah. enough to avoid He's doing that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, like Infinity it's something War wasn't an Aven- Infinity War wasn't an Avengers movie, was it? <laughs> no, it was just an everyone movie. Yeah, I mean, Endgame was, but I don't think Infinity yeah. War was. Yeah. 
I, I, I think in terms of the, the business side of it, Feige's smart enough. Um, yeah, do we do we want to talk about the box office of this? I, I think it's really difficult to draw any conclusions. It kind of did quite well on its opening weekend and then had a massive drop. It supposedly did quite well on Disney Plus as well. Um, but then, you know, it's we, we don't have the comparison points to know. Like, I think financially... And you the, know, the problem is, is not, as well... This is not going to be the hit that it was pre-pandemic, but is it a good performance post-pandemic? I mean, it's impossible to say. And also, you know, that first week it didn't have Space Jam, you know, bumping up against it. So anyone's going to suffer under the weight of Space Jam, right? Yeah. You could, yeah the star's you know. King James, <laughs> the, the, king of, the king of basketball. Doing, but no, like it's in, it's time. impossible to say at this point because no one knows what a normal movie performance looks like. The thing, the thing that interests me, right, is that what if this is normal mm-hmm. and this is as much as a blockbuster movie can make at this point? Uh, at this at at this point, yeah. And how long uh, how long is it going to take to go back to normal? Because if it's going to mm-hmm. take a long time. They're going to have to hit the brakes on a lot of spending. 100%. Well, and, but no, yeah. but but also, what what does what does specifically what does Disney want, and what is their model? Because if they have if they have X amount of people subscribing to Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and and every time an MCU movie is released, they pay for the premiere access. Well, then they're probably that those people are probably on Disney Plus for the Marvel content. So if you stop making the movies, they're probably not going to stick around. Well, but also it's it's more than that, right? It's like it's 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 maybe you maybe that those customers are not necessarily paying for premiere access. They they've got they bought a ticket in cinemas, but they've only sub sub to Disney Plus to watch the Marvel content, right? The, you know the, the the shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so monetize those people, but I I think it's. The, 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 you know the, the, our conversation, the cinematic universe, universe conversation on the box should 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 really only be about what this stuff might mean for future, you know, green lighting of projects for how kind of how MCU stuff is gonna is gonna exist in the future. Does this does this affect things? That's that's the question. But, um, and, and again, I think and it's I impossible. It, it's impossible to know until mm. you know. The, the the first comparison point will be how does the next MCU movie compare to this one? Well, except and what, except and, 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 and and how do they and how do they release it? Do they right? Do, do they do they stick with the premiere access? Except you know, so so so, so far they they've said that the Jungle Cruise, which is out in friggin' ten days, that's going the same way as Black Widow. So uh, in theaters and and premiere access on the same day, same price for premiere access, twenty quid. Uh, but that Shang-Chi is only in theatres. So mm-hmm. if that sticks, although obviously you've got all this kind of fucking Delta variant, you know, insanity, not not, not insanity, it's, you know, it's, it's real, it's bad, but, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, I hate to say it, but that could affect, that could definitely affect release calendars. Uh, but, but for the moment, Shang-Chi is in, in theatres only and, you know, and theatres are mostly open in the world. I think we're at about eighty-five percent capacity in the, globally. I think I want to say, 
Um, but then there's this there's this other weird thing about China. I, th- I think have have extra uh, holds on Hollywood films to, to even be released. So, so there was some scuttlebutt about Black Widow. Black Widow probably lost like two hundred million because it couldn't couldn't be released in China. It hasn't been released in China yet. So there's that as well. So so yeah. To I think Joey, to your point, that the box office number domestic brackets US all global is it's all. It, does it does it mean what it used to mean? Does it mean what, you, what it used to mean? No. Why did it ever mean what it used to mean? No. You know, perhaps no. And and, and I think particularly to Disney, like I I would mm. love to know. Kevin Feige sat sat on his sat on his his big ass desk in Marvel Studios, and mm. he gets he gets two envelopes put on his desk on Monday morning. One <laughs> two says, envelopes. Okay. One says box <laughs> office. Numbers and one says Disney Plus numbers. Mm. Which do you think he's opening first? Oh God, he's got his envelopes. That's tricky. Um, <laughs> is there a bigger one? Is one like physically bigger than the other? Because I think I think he opened yeah, a bigger one. Yeah, okay. yeah, but I'm not telling you which one that is. Oh shit. Okay, I think he probably opens a Disney. It is, Plus it's one. interesting though. I I I I, I do. Is the font the same? You know. <laughs> What's the what is the strategy for Disney Plus particularly? And I, you know, I think we're going to continue to get a fuck ton of of Marvel content, regardless. I think it, you know, what's interesting is, you know, like a, a project like Captain America Four with Sam Wilson. Does that come out in the cinema? Yes. That's that's what I th- that's where I think the question mark is. No, I've just told. I mean, I've just. Said- <laughs> Well, no. yeah. Uh, I mean, so, you know. a, a straight to streaming Captain America movie doesn't sound like something I would watch. <laughs> yeah, but if it's exact, if it's exactly the same movie with exactly the same budget, you know. No, but it's on. It's on. The it, app, but it though, won't be Joey, because it's because it's, it's on streaming. Yeah, it's on the little happy. It's on the happy. <laughs> they would do it. It'll be it'll be the cheap version, like we've seen it with know, the TV, I, I, right? I I don't know if I like this Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio that they're making that is specifically for Disney Plus. I'm I th- expecting I think... that to be a big expensive. It's starring Tom Hanks, and it's directed <laughs> by Robert Zemeckis, and it's and it's exclusive to Disney Plus. Yeah, and they have. They, I think they have. It has felt like some of the stuff they've put on Disney Plus has been, you know, like it's felt like, for instance, the Lady and the Tramp movie was cheaper than Aladdin. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> but are you but sure? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I, they're they're figuring out their strategy, and I, I, I wonder whether uh, that that feels to me like it's a hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollar budgeted movie, full of full of CGI and a starry cast <laughs> and a and a big name director, and it's going. And when it to when it tanks, they will rethink that strategy. <laughs> No, but what but what will ta- what will tanking mean if because it's on it's on Disney Plus? Well, I guess if it's if it's not premium access, yeah. To, I mean, no. they'll they'll have some kind of retention thing, right? Which will be how many people who watch this this movie re up their subscription, and how many people who didn't watch it didn't, and what's the discrepancy yeah. there? And they'll be able to determine things from that. We could, you know, we could get into. Big, big conversation about this stuff. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked in cinema in like London cinemas for a decade, basically. So I, I, I've been invested in in these in this thinking for a long time. Um, the I think I think the simple answer is <laughs> uh, you have a load of people now 
just throwing money at, at streaming subscriptions mm-hmm. and other companies and being like, uh, we'll just, it'll just, it'll just kind of work at some point. Uh, and the, <laughs> the truth is that for, for a lot of them, it, that bottom will fill, will fall out at some point. Uh, but but Netflix... Disney might Disney might be you know and one I, I I I sort of I think I I think you include everybody in that Netflix Disney everybody the the spend is so high you know there's something about when you when you make a film you put it in cinemas you you make or you make a product right you make a film put, put it in cinemas you sell the tickets you get a cut of those tickets you you give a bit back to cinemas a bit later you put it out on um on DVD you make that money you give a bit to manufacturing you give it to retail and then after that you put on finally put on streaming and you give a bit to the the services and take a bit for yourself but that's all that there's sort of a cleanness to that and you can really track all those finances we're not this is now we're in a different world now and i think my gut is yep you say there's a cleanness to it whereas the the difference is you make a film put on disney plus you get all the money yeah like they Disney don't have to pay anyone, so Black Widow doesn't have to make five hundred million to be worth making, right? No, but, the, but it yeah, makes two hundred million, and they get it all back. No, but the the, the, like the guys, there are, there are, there, there are people Luca, in right, there are people in offices getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year trying to figure <laughs> this out, and 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 they've not got there yet because the data points aren't there. They need to, they need to figure this shit out. They don't know. <laughs> They're making this up as they go along because they're just they're trying to estimate it. Like they yeah, don't know. <laughs> James, James, look at Luca, right? Luca is the example, right? Where they put that oh. straight to streaming, and so and so every every single you know sort of streaming receipt that comes back for that month that Luca was on was on Disney Plus for you, you you cannot know if if that person subscribed to Disney Plus to watch Luca if they watched it. If they watched it in full, if they felt like they got their entire month's well, you can value. you can tell if they watched you can you tell, can if tell they, they watched, watched it. it that's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. But you can't all that other stuff you can't tell. Whereas I think for cinema tickets, it, there's the cleanness. Whereas I think you know for for, for streaming services, it's it's trickier. And and, and, yeah, and I, I mean, think what it means is in five years, a lot of the, the streaming services we have now are not cannot, cannot be existent. But Reese, Reese, Mickey Mouse is in a room right now, looking at <laughs> looking at a computer screen that says. Does this house in Nottingham that's watched Luca voice. fifteen times this already? Nottingham, watched Luca fifteen times. The thing I want to don't like, be a coward. I think, without going too far off the point here, like my current job is literally about managing, like the the membership offering for for an organisation where we track it based on. Have people used these things that we offer, and based on that, do they do they use their descript- Do they keep their membership? How much are they worth to the company? And like, if we can if we can do that based on something as abstract as like, you know, web a non descript thing that you happen to work on. <laughs> yeah. If we Don't can do that with it with abstract, party, be honest, if, be honest. <laughs> it, is, it is almost the polar opposite. Um, but if we can do it with something as abstract as software, you can definitely do it with yeah. with a movie. There are spreadsheets out there that you just plug a number into, and they tell you how much people are worth and how much you'll you'll make off the back of it. I think I think they're a lot closer to having it figured out than we suspect. 
I guess what I, I'm saying I, is, I, I still think I still think the reason that they're not close enough yet is because that, like I said, the data points aren't there. Like this yeah. is this is the first, and, and and you know, how does something compare differently to when it's in it's in cinemas to when it's in cinemas with robust competition to when it's in cinemas and on Disney mm-hmm. Plus with Premier Access when it's just on Disney? Like you, and like, what is the value of these different things to them? Mm. And like. Obviously, at some point, Disney has made the value judgment that, okay, these movies are going to cinemas only. These movies are going to Disney Plus. Where Pixar is at the moment a Disney Plus studio, right? Um, Whereas Marvel (laughs) is a premier access one and the live action Disney ones are premier access. But then, like, yeah, theoretically, Marvel will become theatrical only. So I, I, I think they just, they need to figure this stuff out. And as long as they have people keeping to subscribe to Disney Plus in the meantime, that's the thing that pleases the shareholders. So they'll keep doing that. For yeah, the time I being. mean, on on top of that is the the idea that Disney Plus is nowhere near its saturation point yet. Like it can only grow yeah. at this point. So what's true now might not be true in five years. It's really yeah, and and, and really what's bad. and what's true of the theatrical experience now might not be true in five weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess what I'm saying fundamentally is that Black Widow is a really good movie, and let's go to bed. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I can't remember the last episode that we argued as much as this on. Mm. Like I said, I'm pu- I'm personally putting it down to so fucking hot um, <laughs> um, because because like broadly I would imagine we all sit somewhere on the spectrum of three to four stars for this <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's what makes this we, yeah, we wouldn't yeah, have a podcast <laughs> we wouldn't have a podcast if we didn't give a shit if we were like oh it's, Just, we all think it's three stars do, to move on right let's do the ratings so Joe Ooh. what do you think so I'd originally dropped to three and a half stars and it was 13 for my rankings. I think yeah. it's going to move up to a four and it'll probably get up to like 10 or 11. Uh, okay. It, I think, I think it's a cow. It's cowardly to give half stars. So you, so you must pick, but oh, for me, oh. it's, <laughs> it, it would be a, f- actually probably before this chat, three stars after this chat, four stars. So four stars, four stars. For me. <laughs> and I, I would when I came don't out of the cinema, a, don't, you give a half, and don't you give a fucking half? You have to. I'm pick. sorry you to, to pick. say. Listen, judging by the letterbox list, which allows half stars, <laughs> I have rated it three and one half stars. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, we have all sort of hovered around three and a half to four stars. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> so we all think that is roughly pretty good the same amount of good (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah um like guys it's midnight it's it's so so hot it's It's so so hot hot. um we're we're gonna draw the podcast to a close with um no we're gonna do news now i'm gonna do like all we've got six (laughs) news stories to talk about i believe (laughs) <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we are just going to draw the podcast to a close. This has happened. Yeah. This has gone on for long enough. The good news, listeners, is if you're like, ah, oh, where, where is the, where's the news? Where's the pitch? You'll get all of that on our Loki episode, which you are going to like have within the next week. So yeah, there are going to be lots of episodes in the main feed with lots of new releases in the next few weeks. Uh, so you can look forward to the news and the pitch on them. Um, 
If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Um, also, head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Cinematic Universe, uh, where you can subscribe for $3 a month. You've got all of our uh, Loki episodes on there recently. We've got some we fun did, episodes uh, We did up. an episode about the Black Widow comics a yes. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, to, ties, to kind of Ties in nicely series. with this one. Yeah, and, and, and hey, there might be some episodes that are going to tie into releases that are coming up soon as well, so... Ooh. Have a, have, a, have, a, have a think about that and maybe subscribe Ooh. to the Patreon. I think you'll like it. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we are at Cine underscore verse on Twitter. I'm at JoeCunningham14. James is at James Hunt. Reese is at Reese. Um, you can email us at podcast at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you uh, next week. Goodbye. Bye. We are burdened with glorious purpose. Cinematic Universe returns next week with Loki. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.